They don't call them uh, great ghosts for nothing. If I got a thousand decoys or, or two thousand, three thousand decoys out there, we need to sound like that many birds. These animals are playing basically a life or death game of hide and seek, and they're just good at it. The, the cool part about archery is that you can geek out as deep as you want to go. It is their job. Their sole job is to stay alive. That's, that's what they do day in and day out. The sense of accomplishment is unreal yeah. when you put in that much work. Even though they're passions of mine, it's, you know, it still takes a backseat to being a dad and being a husband. So Doing is better than talking. And he had that whole basin lit up with a laser light show machine. <laughs> It's a healthy thing to have passion like this. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. Um, on this episode, I had Greg Shaw and Taylor Wells come over to my place, and we cracked open a couple beers and just chit-chatted and talked hunting. And uh, they recently got back from a pig hunt. They both went on, and they both got nice pigs. And um, it was Greg's first big game animal, so it was cool to get his perspective on big game hunting. And... Uh, it's always nice talking to Taylor as well. So it's cool having those guys over. It was a good conversation. Um, it's kind of funny. I I recognized Greg from from Taylor's post, and uh, Greg's a guy who used to own a snowboard shop that I used to go into all the time. And I was like, oh man, I know that guy. So, anyways, it was cool to catch up with him. And um, and then, uh, like I said, it's always nice talking to Taylor. Uh, him and I get along great. So hopefully, we can get some hunting trips in. Here soon, we're talking about doing some fishing and stuff too. So those guys are both into into fly fishing quite a bit. So, anyways, um, so yeah, stay tuned. It was a great conversation, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope to have both of those guys back on again soon. And uh, yeah, like I said, stay tuned. Oh, and before I forget, uh, Greg's Instagram handle is Greg Shaw HFA. That's Greg with three G's, and then uh, Taylor's is uh, Taylor W. So go check them out, and then also I'll put that stuff in the show notes as well. So stay tuned. Now, yeah, another episode of the Mountain Vision Podcast, sitting down with Greg and Taylor. You guys want to introduce yourselves, and we'll just kind of roll from there? What? Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Greg Shaw. Glad to be here. Um, I guess we're here to talk about kind of like a first-time big game hunting and a novice hunter kind of learning his way around. And then uh, Taylor, introduce yourself. My name's Taylor. Taylor what? Wells. You and uh, I just I just brought the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, give him your uh, your social handle too, please. Taylor so W. You. There you go. Taylor W. Taylor W. My name. Taylor W. I try to keep yep. it simple. And then what's yours, Greg? <laughs> it's uh, Greg Shaw HFA, but that's Greg with two Gs. Nice. Actually, three, like I guess. Old technically. Greg. Yeah, old Greg. <laughs> old Greg. There's three, huh? There are three if you really want to get like mathematical about it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's such a small world, dude. Like uh, Taylor, I met recently. And I've already, there's already a few people that we both know, but then, uh, he took, I guess, I mean, is he the one who kind of introduced you to hunting? Yeah. Uh, well, or sort of, we can kind of get like the whole backstory. Like yeah. Taylor and I became friends a few years back through fly fishing, um, through a fly fishing forum and kind of met and had a lot of commonality and started fishing together and hanging out and realized we didn't just actually hate each other. We kind of enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you and I know each other through a whole different angle, which is kind of yeah. awesome, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Cause I used to run a group of snowboard shops for a long time. Um, and we have a lot of mutual friends and you come into the shop and yeah. so I guess we know each other from snowboarding, which is yeah, awesome. Funny. Yeah. Which I, I, know, I saw your picture when he posted you guys' little success pictures of getting your hogs last yeah. weekend or two weekends ago or whatever it was. But I was like, dude, I know this guy. Dude. That guy used to rip me off on snowboards. Yeah. I fucking know that guy. No, dude, honestly, <laughs> in all honesty, dude, like out of all the shops, 
it, I don't know, dude. You you ran a nice Thanks, shop, man. dude. Thanks. It was just clean. Like you got along with. I could tell you treated your employees with respect, and they respected you. It was just like you were just you were one of the employees, basically. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we tried to, man. I think that's um, you know, retail is an interesting world. And I think it's uh, whether it's in snowboarding or hunting or whatever it is. I think it's got to be a welcoming environment for yeah. it to sustain. You know, yeah. I think there was a time when we created and kind of crafted that. You know. Yeah. That's a fun time. Yeah, it was a good, it was good memories, man. Back in the day, we used to try to get up the hill as much as possible and always going in and getting stuff tuned or getting yeah. getting stuff. But isn't it kind of funny too, like how much those two worlds have collided? Like yeah. snowboarding and like hunting and fly fishing. Yeah. Like it's everyone who used to snowboard is like, nah, nah, I'm in. You know, Pyramid Lake or whatever I'm, you know, hunting. And well, you get to a certain age and you just can't, I mean, you could still, I mean, I can still snowboard, but like, yeah. there's not really like, I don't know. I can't, I can't excel and get to a level that I would want to get to at it. Yeah. Being, being the age we are now, you know, so I just don't like, get hurt anymore. Well, <laughs> and, hurt, and even like, besides that, if everyone thinks like hunting or fly fishing is expensive, dude, snowboarding is ludicrous. Like it's, I can't spend $170 to go like slide on a hill. It just is not in dude, it's lift crazy. tickets are so expensive. It's now. so it's gnarly. Not, I can't yeah. even do it anymore. It's crazy, you know. Like, let alone taking all my kids, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do that. Dude, one of my kids, like four, was like, hey, I want to learn how to snowboard for his birthday this February. I was like, there's no chance of that happening. I know. <laughs> like, I feel bad because I grew up yeah. doing it and I feel like I can't even afford to take my kids. To do the it. only way it's worth it is like if, if you think you'll use it enough. Because like if you get one of those season passes, like yeah. I think it's like at this point, it's like five. If you go five times, it pays for itself, but it's like $1,200 or something yeah. like dude, that. I used to get the Sierra North Star one for like yep. 300 bucks or 270 five bucks and then the boreal night pass for uh-huh. 99 bucks dude and i would go like three times a week at least yeah dude and it was not a big deal you want to hear the ultimate like tainted to it is that for shop pass we would ride for like 10 or 15 bucks on every mountain whether it was squaw whatever it is and the minute that we couldn't get that anymore i was like i'm hanging it up i can't do it yeah you know, it's like it's it's too gnarly i can't i can't spend 10 bucks one day and 160 the next yeah and, like look at myself with respect yeah so <laughs> maybe one I day don't- i don't know I don't know if I'd go as far as saying snowboarding is more expensive than hunting, though. Just wait, you just know, wait, dude. <laughs> just wait. I don't know. Because it just trickles from, like, rifle to archery yeah. to, like, oh, this gear's not good enough. And then and custom and rifle. Just, and then custom well, this. And then bow shop in your basement. Dude, well, I think, I, I think the theme that will become very, pre- like, prevalent in this in this podcast is my complete, like, rookie, novice, and experience yeah. with these things. That's you know? kind of one of, like, well, t- he men- yeah. Taylor mentioned having you on, and I was like, dude, that'd be, per- that'd be perfect, dude, because... That's one of the reasons I started the podcast too, is because I kind of come from a non-hunting background, mm-hmm. and like, I like seeing, I like seeing new people get into it, because I know like the excitement I had when I first got my first deer, didn't it? It was like through the roof, dude. Like my yeah. heart was beating out of my chest, and I was like, is it's like an unbelievable feeling. And so, yeah, like, dude. It's just I don't know. To me, it's like fun to see like people get into it and see like take get their take on it. And, right. And I think what's interesting about it too, especially for, for new hunters out there and, and people who have been in it for a while is, uh, you know, unless you're going to go out and pay a ton of money to have someone show you, it really is a DIY endeavor. If you don't come from a hunting background, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording is I didn't come from a fishing or hunting background really at all. Um, my dad was a musician, phenomenal musician, mom killed it working for the state, you know, great, great home life. But we shot some pheasant out of Stockton when I was a kid and I would shoot some duck with my mom's old boss, this guy, Leon, who's killer. Um, but you know, kind of grew up for a few years and like 12 to 15, yeah. kind of lightly getting exposed to it, but 
really it wasn't part of like our home culture in any way. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of people like that out there who are like, Hey, this is interesting. You know, this is a cool way to, to, to find sustainable things or to know where my food comes from, or just to spend some time in the outdoors, even if you're not firing a gun or a bow or whatever. Yep. Um, and if you don't come from that background or have someone in your family or a close friend, who's going to kind of hold your hand and show you, it is a really intimidating space to get into. So yeah. when you do have some success, it feels really monumental. Yeah. Which is cool. Cause I, you know, I've been hunting for a few years now and you know, um, I feel like I'm really pragmatic most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I know for the most part, like when success will hopefully come and I'm not too worried about getting it too early, but even I'll go out and quail hunt now, I'll knock down a few quail and I feel like Taylor won't, he'll probably tell me, dude, shut up about quail finally. No, but I still get really <laughs> excited. When I knock down a couple Valley quail, you know, yeah. like, fuck, like I did it. You know, like, it's like, I, I figured it out what's going on and I like, you know, knew where they were and flushed them and my dog's kind of excited better, when and, I kill a spider. Dude, I'd say it, man. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I won't kill spiders. Oh, they really? I'll let them go, Actually, man. Actually, my wife typically kills spiders. I don't like spiders. Yeah, man. I don't like them either, but I, it's weird. At home, I live a very like zen-like you know, life. Like I'll put things outside. I don't want to hurt things necessarily. I just, kinda, I just let everything live and do its thing. But then when I go take an animal, I'm like, it doesn't, I don't feel sadness about it. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting, but yeah, but I think there's a lot of people in that same world who, you know, don't come from that background or don't have, you know, kind of that, that hand to hold to show you, um, and the information's out there. And I think we'll probably talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting for new hunters coming to a space that is a bit resistant to new people, you know? Yeah. Um, so you really have to take the time and research and put some legwork in, I think, which is what I'm finding. Yeah. So you have been doing some, uh, small game or bird, bird hunting and stuff like yeah. off and on up till this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. For a few years now. So I started, I mean, I guess the kind of whole, the whole journey was, um, you know, started fly fishing. I think I was 17 or 18, maybe something like that right around there. And as we talked about, I was running a snowboard shop and skating and surfing a bunch and kind of living in that world. And everyone, all my friends were doing the exact same thing and it was great. And I'd, you know, love it and whatnot. But there was a kind of moment when I was like, Hey, I want something that's kind of just mine. You know, yeah. something that like all these other guys will think is super fucking dorky. Yeah. And I didn't know what that thing was. I just knew I wanted something else. And I was at the grocery store. I think it was with my mom. I was going through like the magazine aisle, just kind of looking at stuff. And I saw a fly fishing magazine. I was like, dude, that's it. Those guys are fucking dorks. That's what I want. You know, like, <laughs> like those guys are in full khaki and you know, like whatever, like neck guard things. And, but you like, already had like a love for the outdoors and the mountains and stuff. Yeah. So, so I knew it, it translated. Kind of yeah, exactly. Hand, yeah. yeah. So I started fly fishing and taught myself that. And I was terrible for years at first. Um, and then finally started like getting it together and understanding it. And really kind of, that was like my penetration into the hunting world. Cause I was already out in those zones. <laughs> penetration. <laughs> Taylor likes that. Moist, moist, <laughs> moist. Um, there's actually a funny moist story that goes along with this. Um, but yeah, it was really fly fishing that kind of opened the door for me to understand this world and really kind of like the self-taught side of it. Um, and inherited a, a, a Browning shotgun from my dad when he passed. And that's kind of been the workhorse until this year Yeah. and started going to the fields and researching and, and learning kind of where to find certain things and knew that there was no way I was going to walk out there and walk into like a mule deer. And I'm like, okay, start on the smallest thing possible. Yeah. Valley quail, easiest thing, smallest thing possible. Learn that, understand that, and then work it up, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, taking valley quail to mountain quail to pheasant, eventually to turkey, and then to a hog this last weekend for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a, an interesting journey for sure, but a really fun journey. Yeah, yeah. So do you think there's like a high like barrier to entry? Does it feel like that coming into hunting? Like So, you know, just from, like I said, my experience, my kind of where I came from, I would say there is for sure. And I'd say that there is definitely from my experience, um, I've noticed some like palpable resistance, I guess, when you're getting into this world from people who have been in this world, you know, and I get it because unlike fishing or other things, 
And people might want to call wild game a sustainable resource, but it's also a finite resource in a lot of ways. Um, And so I don't have any expectations of someone saying, hey, you know, I saw a few big buck on this hillside. You should go walk up there and check it out. Yeah. You know, you don't really get that a whole lot. Um, And you also, I think in hunting, you kind of get a more of like that bravado kind of goes along with it, you know? And there's maybe they kind of make you work for it, I guess, to get the information. Yeah. Which is totally fine and understandable. Um, So it is definitely an intimidating space, I think, because also at the same time too, knowing when you're going to start hunting that you are carrying a firearm and you are in the wilderness and there's a lot that can go wrong if you're being stupid. Yeah. I've made some dumb mistakes, you know, like I've fallen off a cliff with my shotgun before and, you know, just like stupid things like that. Um, And I think it's maybe not as like welcoming as people always want to like kind of like doll it up to be, I guess. Yeah. um, For people who are completely outside of the world. But when you do start learning and people see that you're making the effort to yeah, do it on your own. I think that's how it is. Like if you see someone like that really put in the work, like, in. really interested and they're really like willing to put in work, then they'll embrace then you. They'll, people will help you out yeah. so much, dude. But if you're not, if they can't see that you're willing to like actually put effort into it, then it's kind of a waste of it. Yeah. Yeah. Time. What are you going to give up the secrets <laughs> for that? And there's no way, you know, yeah. no reason to give up secrets that you've worked your whole life for, for someone who's passive or isn't, you know, putting the time in and whatnot. And I had a good experience actually just before this hog hunt, I was out at the uh, Dillman range in Lincoln and I bought a rifle, I guess year before last, uh, Savage Axis at Bass Pro. And it was funny because my first rifle I've ever bought, right? It's a 270 and I don't know anything about rifles, but I'm like, I'm going to get in this world. I've done the shotgun thing. I understand that, but this is the next level. And the guy at the counter didn't even know how to put the bolt in. I'm like, shit, two of us don't know how to do this thing. And he's like, well, I guess you can just YouTube it. And so I kind of like <laughs> fumbled my way around, shot a little bit, but I was at the range before Taylor and I went hog hunting. And this dude next to me obviously knows exactly what he was doing. This guy was awesome. And I just looked over. I'm like, hey, man, can I ask you a few questions? And he jumped on and helped me a ton. It was just saying, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I would love some advice. And he was so gung-ho about helping me out. Nice. Um, it was just hugely helpful. So I think the help is there yeah. if you're trying yeah. and if you ask for it. Yeah. If you're being like, I, I like, it's nice when like people are, that's how I was too. Like I was just humble and I was like, look, totally. Dude, I don't know anything. So can you please help me? Because yeah. I don't know shit. Like, yeah, it's. I can see like from the guy's perspective that knows his shit. Like if someone comes in and they try to act like they know and they don't, then you don't want to, like they're not going to want to help you. No, no, exactly. (laughs) So like, yeah, be receptive and people be willing to lend out a hand. Yeah, exactly. And I think on that kind of same note, if we can kind of keep going down this path is um, we were talking a minute ago about seeing other people who are new to hunting. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things that people just sort of expect to be given as far as knowledge goes. And you do have to sort of research and find it on your own. And that information is there, you know, and I'm, I'm almost like a sadist when it comes to like consuming information. Like I'm like, give it all to me, you know, give me all the info. I'll read every article. Um, you know, like just give me all the info and I'll digest it. And there's, you know, there's articles everywhere and there's, there's information. You just have to know how to navigate it. And so I remember digging through some of the websites for, you know, California wildlife and finding this, I think it was an article written in like the maybe late seventies, early eighties about wildlife areas and quail populations and habitat and all the other things. And just reading that thing, it was like 20 pages back, you know, to front, to front, to back over and over and over again. And then using that to go out and explore those areas and kind of form that basis of knowledge. But, you know, between a tool like an Onyx and then using something like that, that's free out there. The information's there if you want to find it. Yeah. You know, that's what I found as a new hunter. It's really there. It's just leveling up from that small attainable stuff to a kind of limited resource is obviously where it gets a little more challenging. Um, But yeah, for me as a new hunter, like I said, the the will is there if you want to take the time and read and research. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you say something I noticed is a lot of times, like you said, using Onyx or something like that, looking at something on the map 
yeah. or looking at like a mountain range or something like that. And then actually making the commitment to like take time and spend money or whatever and actually put boots on the ground and go check something out. It can be kind of intimidating at times, I'd imagine. Dude, 100%. And we talked about this over this weekend. Um, and this is probably fast forwarding a little bit, but you know, there are times when I would walk out to certain areas, um, like certain wildlife areas or, you know, public land. And, you know, I'd kind of like look over the hillsides and look around and say, hey, that's a ridge I want to see and I want to check out. But God, it feels really not far today. away. Yeah, not today, you know. Come to find out this last weekend, we did that and we covered, you know, dozens of that's, miles. Yeah, our stock was like a two-mile stock. Yeah, and it's like, hey, that stuff is very attainable if you just do it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, man, I don't really know what I'm doing out here. I don't know what I'm going to get myself into, Yeah. you know. And so it's, it's definitely intimidating looking at these maps and like topo and, you know, kind of thinking all the things that could happen between point A and point B. Yeah. And I think that holds a lot of new hunters up too. It's just that, that willingness to say, okay, I'm going to walk this direction, you know, yeah. and hopefully I can find my way back out. But there's so many great tools these days that it's almost pretty foolproof, you know, between having a Garmin and OnX and, you know, these things that kind of like, kind of like pave the way for you. Yeah. So like I was saying, those tools and the information's there, um, but there definitely is, you know, a little apprehension, I think, to jumping off yeah other than just leaving the trail or the parking lot you know and yeah i'm probably at that stage right now you know where i'm like okay i'm a little more comfortable venturing a little further than i'm comfortable i'm a little more comfortable maybe going across that draw or maybe wading across that creek to get where i want to go yeah and that's kind of like the next adventure i think yeah, sometimes you look at a mountain and you're like that looks really hmm. far away that doesn't far. look like what it looked like <laughs> on the map yeah especially if you're so like when you start doing it solo and you like just have everything on your back and it's like but you, like you said, you do kind of realize like it is possible to, to totally. get there and over it yeah. and then over the next one if you really like want to do it. But yep, yeah, it's a comfort level and dude, and it, and it it starts playing tricks on you too. Like you start, it's like a mental thing. Yeah, if, when you're, it's yeah. a what if, what yeah, if this yeah. happens? You know. But like I said a second ago, I think if you're if you're smart and prepared and you take some precautions, um, like I say, you know, like getting that the Garmin was I think one of the. One of the more comforting things I've picked up. Oh, did you get you the inReach? Yeah, yeah, oh, I got yeah, inReach, yeah. and it's, um, this year too. it's killer. You know, yeah. and, and who knows if I'll ever really need to use it for its full effectiveness. But I like knowing that it's there in my pocket. You know, and like yeah. as someone, I tend to play things pretty safe for the most part. I really don't want to break a leg in the backcountry and die. You know, yeah. like that would be really lame. Yeah. Um, just that couple hundred bucks for a peace of mind. Well, you know what, dude? I not only is it like a safety thing, but like um, like this year. Like mentally, I was like wanting to give up a couple times. It was there was so much smoke and stuff, and like the, the I don't know. It wasn't fun being yeah. out there. Uh, like it just wasn't fun a couple yep. times, and I was like, I, I was ready to leave. Yeah. But then I would get like a message on my inreach from my wife, like, "You can do it. Like, get after it." Yep. Like she was giving me like encouraging. Dude, like, those things are huge. No, I was like, Yeah, that's right. I need to do this. Like, I, I, I want to come home it. with something, dude. Yep. I want to show her that I can do it. Yeah. I didn't come home with anything, but eh, happens, you know, <laughs> it's what it is, you know, but those, but those things mean, are yeah, huge because yeah. they're available now, you know, and I think, I think back, man, like I know there's always this kind of like pervasive thought, like, God, you should have seen hunting in California 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it was really good as far as animals go, but I don't know, man, it sounds pretty rugged and pretty sketchy in a lot of ways. And then we have so much at our fingertips to make it accessible now yeah. um, that I really do believe that you can hop off a little further than some people would go and get into some really like cool hunting and some really fun stuff. Yeah. Just knowing you have, you know, good gear that performs and, you know, security and those kind of things that maybe they didn't have back then. Yeah. I think people need to really like embrace that and consider that. Yeah. You know, I think that's important for sure. Yeah. 
Makes it a little bit more comfortable anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure you get those purists that are like, nah, that's for sissies. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's like the dry fly guy who's like, I'm only fishing a dry fly forever. I'm like, all right, I guess that's cool. Yeah. Even worse, the spay guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The swing angler. Yep. Yeah. There's some people that just love to like, you know, not catch fish. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, man, I think there's some really cool tools available, especially for new hunters and novice hunters. And um, like I was saying, I think the ones that have really benefited me for sure are some of the websites from California that I was able to glean information from, and they're out there. It might be kind of outdated, um, but they're still out there kind of walking through different wildlife zones and, and what to expect and, you know, how they even work. Because yeah. just navigating, like, the uh, the wildlife areas, the type A, B, and C, yeah. was a huge learning curve. And yeah. I'm still figuring it out, you know, yeah. but it's definitely, like, complicated. It's not easy, you know? Yeah. But the information's there if you want to read it. And then things like OnX, you know, and the Garmin's and the inReaches and you know, there's some great tools I think that any new hunter should maybe really consider before they, you know, buy a super expensive gun or yeah. whatever it is. You know, like these are really good foundation tools. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're getting a handle on it, dude. <laughs> uh, getting there, you know, slowly. I mean, like I said, I, uh, like I said earlier, I think I'm pretty pragmatic and I think I don't have any crazy expectations of like, you know, some elk walking out in front of me randomly on some trail, you know, I just don't, yeah, it's yeah. not really, I'm not tripping on that. Yeah. Um, or even a small blacktail. Maybe that'll come one day. Yeah. That'd be cool if it did, but I'm really not sweating it. Um, but yeah, I think I've formed a good basis, you know, with this idea of starting from the smallest and working up. Yeah. And kind, kind of, of what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of not like trying to go to the next level until I feel really confident in the previous, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I've said, Taylor and whatever a few times, like I really feel like shooting quail is like the greatest foundation for anyone who wants to get into hunting. And I couldn't stress that harder. It's abundant. They're super fun to chase. They're super tasty. You'll get multiple shots and they're everywhere. You know, yeah. so it's like if you want to learn animal behavior, you know, in a really comfortable environment, that really is a really great, you know, launching point. And then you can take that and say, okay, shot some quail. I'm either going to go chase chucker now or I'll go look for some grouse, you know, and there's some yeah. great grouse around here. People don't know, like I'll go hike with my wife and yeah. do her popping grouse everywhere. You know, it's killer. Yeah. And then turkey is like, dude, turkey's oh, the so shit. Turkey's so fun. Yeah. It's I still, so I still haven't really done that oh dude it's so much fun yeah, yeah. turkeys where it's at and, and they're abundant and they're everywhere and they're so good you know yeah and so it's just all these layers like becoming like a new hunter and working your way through the layers and i feel if you think you you can skip that you're going to regret it yeah you know kind of kind of work your way up yeah um i think that's important for most people who are new to this yeah at least it was for me anyway maybe yeah. there's people who are smarter and better and better looking who can jump to the headline <laughs> i guess but you know i think that's the way most people should really look at hunting yeah hell yeah so how so so what was this two weekends ago last week last weekend yeah we're a few few days off yeah a few days ago okay blood's still on our hands somewhere you know exactly nice so when when i was shooting ducks you guys were shooting pigs correct yep okay affirmative so so tell me about it so this well we don't talk about where it was but you it was on a ranch yeah we we talked about the ranch it was on it was was with a guide yeah oh okay oh that's right yeah 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 Easter Reading, amazing experience with the Harvest Wild crew. And, uh, you know, it's my first time doing a guided hunt, which I knew was kind of in the future um, for me, which I think is killer because I it's it's really the only way, I think, to confidently level up yeah. to big game, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, without spending a crazy amount of time and heartbreak, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's important to, like... Not that not that you want it to come easy for people, but I think it's important to get like some success, some success man. to yeah. just see what it is, what it is. Yeah. yeah, like I don't think I would still be doing it probably if I didn't like get a deer. At, yeah. I mean, I got one my second year hunting, but like 
I don't know. I was pretty addicted even before then. But like, yeah. once I got it, dude, yep. it was like, there's no turning back. Like, it's well, just. <laughs> yeah, man. And I think with, you know, something like leveling up to like a, like a guided trip is it's not just the guide, you know, getting you access to the property, right? It's not just the guide getting you on animals, but it's like the end result of like breaking it down correctly, you know, and, and knowing yeah. that I'm not going to waste this, you know, like yeah. I'm not going to puncture the gut bag. Or I'm not going to do something stupid and waste Because the thing I worry about the most is wasting animal. Yeah. You know, like doing something wrong, having it go bad in some way and taking this animal and having it all go to waste, you know? And so it's like that guide experience really shows you like the whole gamut and the whole spectrum. I think is really, really cool. And then again, you're on property with a lot of animals, you know, yeah. which is really awesome. So no you can other see hunters. No other hunters, a lot of animals, a lot of sign. You can understand what tracks are and what beds are and, you know, how things root. And it's just cool to see that stuff firsthand because then when you do go out on your own, you kind of know what to look for. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're not just paying for that one trip. I feel like you're paying for it's this like base of knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. it's going to really suit you. Um, and so that was huge for me is getting this opportunity to go out with Aaron and the Harvest Wild crew and Taylor and, you know, put the, you know, the boot work in and, and learn kind of what's going on and how to track these animals. And to be honest, before I went, I didn't even know anything about wind direction and... Yeah. Oh, wind's number one. Dude, huge. I had yeah, no yeah. idea, you know? Like, I don't know. So I'm just like, show me everything. And, you know, we learned. I it's feel, the opposite of duck hunting. Right. <laughs> you want that wind. <laughs> exactly. And I do the same thing, honestly. Like, I shot a handful of ducks and a few geese just, you know, as a kid with some friends. Um, but I would absolutely hire a guide for duck and say, hey, let me set them blind. Let me try to call a little bit maybe. Yeah. You know, show me what's going on here and, like, and, you know, patterns and animal behavior. And, yeah. you know, um, there's a point when you do need I think someone who's qualified to kind of show you if you do truly want to make those next steps and like learn it the right way and hundred like percent get you like at least pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Cause yeah, you man. can go, if you don't, you could just go years like doing it wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Not, even, not even knowing it until yeah. you, uh, and it's a, it's hard. I think for a lot of people, you know, there's, there seems to be a big contingent of like, I don't know you call them like late onset hunters, I guess, or whatever, like older guys. There was guys. an article the other day about late onset hunters and yeah. like how it's like probably the fastest growing group of hunters Huge and segment. how important it is. And we don't have a, a ton of time, you know, like we have kids, we have jobs and careers and things like that. Yep. Um, so you really have to make the most out of the time that you do have available. And, you know, again, say a guide is really going to help sort of fast track that knowledge. Yeah. So you have a basis to move forward with. Yep. Yep. So stuff is important, you know, and there's great guides out there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, he, I should have gone on this hunt with you guys because you invited me. I called you before I called Greg because Greg already actually, no, I said no. Greg said no. And then I called you. I said no even before I asked my wife who also, I got to give a shot. Like she's the most accommodating, like, she's so hundred percent. It's crazy. Yeah. Like she's so down for me to go do this stuff. And she just wants that meat. That is true. That is true. Interpret Taylor. that. That is as you will. Yep. She'll, she will hear this and be like, "Yeah, right." Uh, um, Taylor's she, had too many beers. <laughs> um, but she really, like I said, like gave me the green light to go do this, which was huge. Um, and you know, the whole family's going to benefit from it. But I think having like a really supportive spouse yeah. is huge. You know, oh, to say so it's cool to do it. Go for it. You know. Yeah. Um, and I can't thank her enough for giving me the green light because before, you know, telling Taylor yes. Yeah, I thought for sure it was affirmed. I even asked her. I was like, there's just no way this is going to happen. You know, like, yeah. I can't reasonably spend this much money after Christmas with four kids, yeah, yeah. you know, to go do this or whatever. And she's like, nope, 100% go for it. Really? Nice. Which is really rad. Yeah, especially because I have a steelhead trip uh, next month that I'm psyched on, on the on the OP. So she's kind of like, let me do both, which is crazy. Yeah. And like a mushroom hunting trip this weekend with my kids, which I'm like psyched on. Nice. Uh, but yeah, she's been very, very amazing about just letting me do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which is awesome. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, so getting the green light to do that, I think was was pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. So what? So you guys, what did you do? You met up 
What time? Like, what was it? I off got with? off work at. I think you you kind of did stuff in the morning. I, I worked first couple hours of the day. Yeah. And then bombed over to Greg's house on a Friday. On Friday yeah, night. yeah. So, Friday morning, I ran like ten or eleven and yeah. loaded up, and we uh, yeah ran up the hill, up uh, up east of Reading, which is great because we're so close. You know, yeah, um, three hours at the most. Yeah, I think we got we got to the town. I think we we're in the town around like two thirty, three o'clock yep. or something like that, and got on the ranch, and like got all our gear all unloaded and kind of got dressed and stuff. Probably around like. I don't know. We, we had an evening. We got yeah. out at like three thirty, four o'clock or something yep. like that. Went out there and scouted towards sunset and kind of looked around and, and got a feel for the place. And, yeah. um, you know, the Cowboy Stadium was great. Super simple, super clean, just an awesome spot. Um, it's just a really like comfortable experience, you know, yeah. going through, I think what, 12 gates to get there or something like oh, that. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. like just like gate after gate after gate. I mean, really? the, ra- the ranch is like, I think it's over 5,000 acres. So oh, okay. it's a, it's a, it's a big it's space. A stout yeah. piece of land. Yep. Nice. But yeah, you get back there and, um, you know, again, same things before, like you don't really know what to expect. And so you kind of bring everything you could think you could possibly need. And then uh, you set off on the side by side and look for some track and then you hop off and start glassing, which is another thing as a new hunter that I didn't really realize how important binoculars were. Yeah. And I still don't, I haven't bought a good set yet, you know, and that's going to be the next thing on the, uh, well, you don't need a list. super good set. Nah, but just something that's, that's functional that works, you know, I think is, is important. You know, I've been using some like bird watching binos for a while yeah. and using a set that actually works understanding that you got to like glass and locate animals before you have a, a plan of attack yeah is a really huge thing i learned on top of knowing that each ridge is accessible if you try for it is locating animals from a distance and then making a plan to encounter them somewhere you know yeah. rather than just walking blindly into the mountains and hoping something crosses your path mm-hmm. you know you're working across their path yeah which is huge yeah. Um, so I think that's also another really integral piece of gear that I didn't really value until this trip. Yep. Things yeah. are important. Yeah. Do you uh, you watch any YouTube videos to get all these techniques down? So yeah, I do. Um, I probably underutilize YouTube. I should use it more for things. And it's great. Um, but of course, I think everyone watches Meat Eater, you know, yeah, which yeah. is a great, I think, you know, penetration point for for this for this world for people. Yeah. Um, Taylor's. Shaking his I'm head. not a super huge fan. <laughs> hey, that's cool, man. Takes all takes all kinds. You <laughs> but know? he does make a good TV show. <laughs> he does. He makes a great TV show, you know. Mm. And I think he's a good ambassador. Um, but yeah, watch you know what I can and consume what I can to kind of pre-learn. But I think a lot of that stuff is just being there and doing it before yeah. it really sets in. You know, like um, you know, like we looked at like like beds underneath mm-hmm. oak trees, you know, yeah, and roots and stuff like that. And uh, you know, watching something on YouTube doesn't really show you how fresh that bed is. Yeah, and it could be five days old. It could be from that morning yeah. and you can't really tell until you're there and you see it in person and it's very definable. Yep. So I think YouTube and those shows are, are one thing to get inspired, but actually yeah. being out there and putting your hands in the dirt is a really big other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially yeah. when you see the difference between a fresh one and, oh, a, yeah. and an old one, it's like, it's all, it all starts to click. It and clicks. It's like, Oh, I'm getting closer. Yep. You know, yeah, they're, they're somewhere in this general area, you yeah. know, like, yeah, the puzzle pieces start kind of falling yeah. together. But again, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier is, uh, all these, all these tools are free. You know, YouTube is free. You know, finding this information on like cow wildlife is free. You just have to want to put the time in to sit down and digest it and understand it and rewatch it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it will be very impactful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not a, like, I don't know what you call it. Like, I'm very much like a, like a, like it's the journey is the destination kind of person. Oh, yeah. You know, like I like the process more yeah. than the result. Um, and I think if you have that mindset, you'll find success along the way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So you guys started off, what, the next, so you scouted Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday morning, what, what, you guys get up? Got up at like 5.45, had a good breakfast, 
Okay. And coffee. Do they have like a they have Greg like rub my back? Or... <laughs> Greg rub my back. <laughs> it's all in the cabin. It's like a big like a big one room space with a kitchen and beds okay. and, a, and a fireplace and um, they cook dinner and stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Do nice. the meals. We I mean, we all kind of communally cooked on this one. Um, okay. So we do meals together and everything, which is awesome. And yeah, yeah kind of get like a bit of a game plan together. Um, make sure we don't forget any gear. Like I forgot the mag the first day. Yeah, it didn't matter. Dude, I didn't forgot matter. my shotgun last week. Perfect. <laughs> Right, Dude, I had to, <laughs> you forgot your. Dude, we were we were walking out. We start we started. We were about to walk out to the spot where we were gonna hunt, uh-huh. and it, the other two guys I was with loaded up their shotguns and their carts, and I'm like, "Oh, I need to grab mine." Dude, it's, it's not, not in my here. truck, dude. Yeah, yeah. We had to freaking jump back in the truck and haul back to the cabin and yep. grab it. And then by the, it was so it was so close. We were dude, pretty that, close on time. I was like, dude, what a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, it happens, man. Like we took a buddy fishing a few weeks ago and he forgot his boots. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I guess you're gonna strap Tevas to your uh, to waiter boots and, and make it work, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, going through the checklist, like I said, I forgot the mag the first day, but luckily we can drop around in the chamber and, and run it that way. Yeah. Um but yeah, making sure you have all the gear, getting on the side by side, and then uh, heading out. And we honestly ran into animals. I wouldn't say like crazy quick, but way quicker than I expected. Yeah. So we we parked, we drove up this little road and parked, and then yep. walked up a ridge and walked for like maybe fifteen minutes. And yep. it was like, oh, there they are. And there was a freaking pile of probably them. a good really? twenty pigs. You know, like yeah, good twenty pigs or something like that. A long ways there's away. a few left. What's that? Yeah, oh yeah, there's a lot out there, dude. Like there's I could not believe how much wildlife is out there. It's crazy, dude. Nice. Deer everywhere, we birds probably everywhere. Saw over two hundred deer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's there a ton. A there's a lot of wildlife out there. Um but yeah, so we spotted these these pigs a ways out and you know, glass them up and kinda of figure out which direction they were going and looked at Aaron and said, Okay, what's the plan of attack? And he said, Okay, this is how we're gonna circle around, we're gonna take this line, we're gonna make sure we're paying attention to the wind. And then once you get within a couple hundred yards, you know, um I can just tell you from my experience as a new mm-hmm. hunter, really slowing the pace down. You know, because yeah. I, I didn't know anything about pigs, about their behavior, um, about how bad their eyesight was, but how good their hearing and smell was. And so uh, you take those things into account. So, you know, and plus you got 20 sets of eyes that are going to be looking at you at any, any point in time. Yeah. So you get a couple hundred yards out and you start really slow, slowing the whole process down and make sure the wind is correct. And that when they look up, you come to a complete stop. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty amazed at how close you can get if you have the other things under control. Yeah. So on our first run at them, we were able to get... I mean, Taylor crept in within probably, what, 30 yards? 20. I was like, tw- probably I think, 20 when, out, I think yeah. when I got, when I was trying to shoot that one, I took time to range it because I've had bad experience after not ranging things. But it was like, it was like 25 yards. If I would have, yeah. if I would have, like I was, I, I kind of had an idea of the range it was in. I could have shot it if I had not have ranged, but I've paid the price for that in the past. So I took the time to range it. And by that time, like I needed like two more seconds and I would have had a shot off, but yeah. I did not. Yeah. And he had some, some brush in the way and some other yeah. stuff, you know, and kind of a tough shot at him. And so, uh, so Aaron looked at me and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to take one. And they would keep kind of pushing back a little further, you know, like they're going to root, they're going to eat, they're going to look up and they're going to step back a little bit. And so we closed to, you know, probably about 150 yards or so. And, um, I don't know if he did this for like dramatics, but we like got down on our bellies and like crawled our way up to him, which is for me, exciting because I'm like, this is like GI Joe type business. Yeah, yeah it's you like know? when you're a kid and you're playing yeah. like War in the and Park or something. I don't know if he if that was needed. I don't know. I'm gonna say yeah, you know. But like, I don't know if he could just walked up on him. But we crawled pretty close and yeah. was able to set up and uh, you know pick out the 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 one I wanted to take. Um, and what I told Aaron is, is you know, I I do not care about the biggest animal at this point in my life right now. Like, I don't care about the biggest. I want something that I know I'm gonna eat, something that's gonna taste great, a healthy animal. And there's a lot of pregnant sows out there. And I think that's the interesting thing too. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, one of them was huge. Dude, probably really? had 20 up in her, 20 piglets. You know, like there's just some big pregnant sows. I'm like, I don't really want to take a pregnant pig if possible, but I think they probably all are pregnant at some point because those things reproduce like crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, picked out a sow kind of towards the back and um, got set up and, and he said, you know, 
take the shot when you're ready, you know, and kind of show me where to place the shot and everything. And, um, yeah, felt right, you know, kind of breathed out and squeeze the trigger and, you know, put one in her. Um, and it was, I think, I don't even know the first shot cause I had to hit it twice, but the first shot, I think clipped a bit of lung and I don't know, kidney maybe or something like that. Or I don't know what I it was. I think that first shot was the higher one. I on think it right. was. Um, it was fatal. Yeah. I mean, that was a fatal and she shot. she was bleeding out, you know, and then he's watching her. And so she's, you know, bleeding out kind of slowly and everything. And he's like, Hey, if she stands up and looks sure footed, go ahead and just, you know, knock yeah. it again. And I waited and waited and we kind of chilled for about 10 minutes or so. And I kind of looked through the scope a couple times and she would try to get up. Um, but you know, she finally stood up and took a couple steps. I'm like, I don't know, man. Again, the worst thing I, I don't think I don't want to do is wound an animal and lose it. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's it's just like the worst. Feeling, it's the yeah. worst feeling. I'm like, this is not going to happen this time. Yeah, so she stood up, took a couple steps, looked a little more sure-footed than I expected, so I hit it one more time, and it was it was the game over, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was exciting, nice. man. It's like, it's fun, and it's definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a rush, and it's cool just knowing that you put the work in, you yeah. know, I said, even with the guide there, um, and, and reaped a reward, yeah. which is really satisfying. Did you, like, how did you feel? Did you, were you like... So, what's interesting about that is I had an expectation of how I was going to feel, because yeah. I've, I've, I've taken a good number of turkeys so far uh-huh. and for some reason turkeys get my heart pumping oh, really? no. i don't know why you know and i don't know if it's because they're just wily little bastards or what it is but like a turkey comes up and my heart's just like boom 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 really? and i'm like i'm feeling like man i gotta get this under control if i want to get a good shot you know yeah because you know the kills on a turkey is like pretty tight yeah um and for some reason i didn't have that this time and i really? don't know if it was the security of having a guide there or taylor there or just having the time to like scope this animal and like kind of put those feelings at bay. Yeah. But I didn't feel that same, like that fight or flight feel. It's like, I knew I had this kind of under control in the situation. Yeah. Um, and at the same time too, I think, you know, watching all these videos and movies stuff, people always say that like, you know, some people have a range of emotions on their first animal, you know, yeah. they get really upset or, you know, whatever. And I didn't necessarily feel that. I felt very grateful, yeah. you know, in that situation, like, you know, this is like, I'm grateful for the, for this animal and for this opportunity and yeah. to not have to go to the store and buy pork for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely didn't feel, I don't really, I don't think ever feel that. Yeah. Um, what I don't about, know if that's like psycho killer in me, but no, no, <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. So what about now? Like now that the meat is being taken care of and even, I think it's going to continue even when you have meat yeah. in the freezer and you're making meals and like, yep. to me, there's like this sense of satisfaction and like deep satisfaction and like pride like yes yes i brought home like 100 you know? yeah that is 100 there and i've i've you know felt that feeling for the last few years you know through different animals through, yeah. through through birds and fish and stuff like that um and luckily my kids love game meat you know yeah. whether it's like salmon or whatever it is or trout or quail and pheasant and turkey and they love all that stuff so they're super psyched so knowing that like i can provide them something that a lot of their peers aren't ever gonna get access to yeah is a really cool feeling and yeah. really really exciting um, and so, yeah, knowing that that's going to land in the freezer and we'll be able to make meals out of it. And each of those meals going from just a standard dinner into something that we're like, wow, this is really cool. You know, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, was really satisfying. And we kind of got an earlier taste of that is I, I was able to put down a wild pheasant this season mm-hmm. in California, which is obviously super rare now with how things, you know, like yeah. land management is. Um, and all the kids were just like, holy moly, this is the greatest thing ever. This pheasant really? is like, I prefer this over chicken. I'm like, well, don't get too used to it because yeah. I will not shoot at a, you know, the golf cart swinging the bird around, making him dizzy kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just not going to ever do that. That's the only kind of pheasant I've killed. Dude, it's terrible. <laughs> it's I've so done it once. I'm like, this is, I'm not doing this again. Dude, this is so stupid. It's so dumb, I, that's the only time, honestly, I've ever hunted and really been bummed. Really? Yeah. Like, dude, really bummed. The, my first time pheasant hunting, my, I think it was the first bird too. I literally had to 
kick it up with my foot yeah and throw it in it's the really air depressing and shoot it i had to wait for it to get out far yeah. enough so i didn't just blow it into pieces yeah and i think that might and be i was like dude this that was really stupid it's not for me i know maybe it's for some people and that's <laughs> fine you know but like it's just not for me and I, that's the only time i've ever felt bad about taking animals in that that circumstance yeah um but just seeing how stoked they were on on that pheasant i know for sure they're gonna be stoked on this pig yeah which is really fun you know well, my wife lasts longer too yeah it lasts longer yeah. And Ashley's an insane cook, like next level. Yep. She crushes, yeah, concur. dude. Really? She's I've so never good. had a bad We We made epic burgers. So like bomb. Last, last week and a half? Yeah. No, it was last week. Uh, yeah, it was a weekend before yeah. we went. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I know she's going to do great stuff with this, and she's going to treat it with like the respect it deserves, and, yeah. and we're going to utilize the whole thing, you yeah. know, which is really fun. So I feel definitely that sense of pride, but also yeah. excitement, and then, you know, and, and adding something yeah, you know, to the plate. So when you when you walked up on the animal, were you were you you said you were grateful. You were like appreciative of the yep. animal and like that's how I was. I was kinda like I'm like spiritual kinda more than yeah, like yep. than like religious, I guess. Hundred percent. So like when I walked up on my first buck, I was like I didn't like scream or yell or get excited. Nope. I was just like I gave it well, like you cried. <laughs> no, no, I didn't cry. But I mean I did Good. feel I yeah. did feel yeah. like an emotion like Yeah. Like I was like super like thankful for the, yep. for the animal, you know? Yep. And I kind of just sat there for a minute and just like had that moment. But then it was like, dude, I got a lot of work to do. It yeah. Yeah. Like, I got to cut it over. Dude, yeah. It was like game time. Like I had the like, hardest parts ahead. I was like, that was, I went into like work mode, like as if I was at work and I had like to bust something out, you know, I right. was like, do, 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 like, yeah, get this done. cause it's on a timeline. You know, yeah. I got to get this done the right way in yeah. a expedient amount of time. And then you forget to take like all the good pictures and stuff. Ah, right. Dude. And I think that's another thing too, <laughs> as a, uh, that I would, that I would talk about as, as a newer hunter. And I definitely learned this along the way in fishing is, you know, kind of, learning your way around like the proper way to like document that stuff. Um, cause there was a time in my life when the grip and grin was it, you know, when you're like, Hey, I'm gonna stare at the camera. I'm gonna hold this thing up and I'm gonna so stoked or whatever. Now you yeah. have to and keep it moist. Yeah. Keep them moist. <laughs> um, yeah, you keep them wet and everything. But I think I've, I think I've learned to like bypass that because I think, you know, there's a certain contingent of people who see that it's like the deer strap of the hood pouring blood of its mouth and they're like yeah. thumbs up, you know, I'm like, that's just not necessarily like a scene I want to be a part of, you know? So I'm very, I try to be very cautious in what pictures I take and well, share. Especially being from here, like California, yeah. like you just have to like, it doesn't reflect we good need, on us at we this need point. Friends, Having you know? a bloody deer all over, like it's, it's yeah, not going to win us any battles nope. in terms of like people no. that might be on the fence or the antis. And I think no. people don't really give credit to both of those, those sides are a lot closer than we want to give them credit for. Know. You know, the hunter and the, you know, like the, the, outdoors people and you know whatever we're a lot closer because we have that commonality of organic of natural of free range and we're very close and i think the thing that drives a wedge in there is this like you know kind of unnecessary showmanship i guess and like disrespect for animals and game um and that's what creates a wedge and you know it might be right for some people i just don't feel like it's well i don't think people mean to be disrespectful either it's it's like they just don't think about it. They're totally. so used and to it. And I was it. that person. They're so used to it that yeah. it's like a little bit of blood here and there. Like it's like totally normal to like exactly. people that hunt all the time. So it's yep. like, here, check it out. And their tongue's hanging out, blood right. dripping yeah. out. It's like foam coming out its mouth. It's normal and... to like some people. You yep. know, and it's, it's not normal to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and, and really like we need those people on our side, you know, and I've, I've listened to the podcast with you guys and other ones. And um, I know people think that there's this, you know, there's this idea that like, Things in California are particularly difficult, which I don't actually subscribe to necessarily, maybe against my rookiness, you know, in line. Um, But I think that divide can be a lot easier, you know, if we're conscious about 
how we show what we're doing. You know, and I think there's a lot of people sitting on the wings wanting to be involved in some capacity, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a way to, you know, to take a cool picture that you can share with people and remember this, this event in your life um, in a palatable way that's respectful. Yeah. That kind of keeps everyone like, hey, this is actually kind of cool, you know? This is interesting and it opens up that dialogue. Yep. And I've definitely learned that as, like I said, a new hunter, um, taking that fly fishing kind of base yeah. and applying it here. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd be that way when I finally get like an elk or something awesome. I hope yeah. I will, you know, but yeah, um, yeah you know, I just don't want to, I guess don't want to be that guy if I can help it. Yeah, for know? sure. So what was it like, Taylor, for you uh, being there, just being there with him for his first big game kill? Oh, it was rad. Like it, it kind of set up kind of cool. Like uh, we we busted the pigs kind of off over this little knoll. Like I, I, I had another opportunity that I wasn't quite able to capitalize on and we kind of chased him another couple hundred yards and um, we spotted him again and Greg and Aaron were kind of moving up ahead of us. So I grabbed the camera and kind of started to try to film it and uh, seeing Greg get set up and like when you're not the one shooting, the shot always kind of takes you by surprise and like the gun went off and that 270 has some pop. So like it kind of like, it was a little like, it kind of like startled me a little bit, but I I, I had the camera set up on it and I just kind of like see, see Greg's eyes kind of get kind of big. Like, he turned around and, like... It's like, whoa, this happened. Yeah. The other thing about pigs that I'm not used to is, like... This might sound a little graphic, but when you hit them... They don't go down easy, dude. They make a noise. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, you know, like, the pig squeal noise? Like, it made that full-on, like, pig squeal. And yep. I, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, but uh, kind of seeing it run around the corner and then that, that, like, that couple minutes right after you shoot something, then it's kind of like, oh, this just happened. Yeah, the reality happened. sets in. Yeah, yeah. That squeal is very like unexpected because I've really? taken a few it's rabbits. It's kind of graphic. It is, you know, because I don't know if you guys ever take like shot rabbits. Uh, I um, haven't. But I shot a few rabbits over the years, and they do the same thing. You know, it's kind of it's it's a little intense really for some weird. people. You know, like and it's pretty gnarly at some point. I've heard, um, have you heard the, the bear's death moan? I had Taylor. Mm-hmm. I haven't, dude. It's pretty gnarly, dude. Yeah, they're just like, like just like echoes through the whole basin like dude yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, was that stuff is crazy i think at the same time too you, you got to hear it because it's like it, there is it's you are taking sport. life it is exactly killing. there's a reality yeah. to it and it can't always be pretty and easy you know and um hearing that pig that's the, i don't know that's the hard thing that people can't like re- understand sometimes yeah. like but then when you watch like do you guys follow that nate what is it nate Oh, uh, nature's metal. Oh, yeah, I love those metal. pages. Dude, yeah. Those are great. Well, dude, it's just a good perspective because it's yep. like, that's nat- that's nature, yeah. dude. Like, yep. it is, they, those animals live like dude. an insanely rough life. Dude. So rough. Anything like, we do to them is like nothing. It's there's easier. A picture, there's a picture that's been going around. I think it happened like 2017 up at Bishop Pass. Yeah. Those where deer. like 120 deer fell off this pass and died. And there's just like, like All eight, literally a like, hundred and twenty yeah. I think they count like hundred and twenty or something like that. Like nice bucks just dead in the rocks. So gnarly. And they just slipped on ice and died. Dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the life of an animal's gnarly, dude. It's intense and it's heavy. And you know, and I think that's everything that, you know, some people don't always give a, as much credibility to as they should, is that, you know, this is what animals do in the wild, but taking an animal like through like a commercial process factory is just as gnarly. If not gnarlier. Yeah. It's actually honestly I shouldn't say that it's it is gnarlier. Yeah. You know? And so I think if you are gonna eat meat um, and that's going to be part of your diet, then obviously this is like the best way to go about it. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, hearing that in person was definitely kind of like, wow, that's, that's yeah. a lot, you know? Well, yeah. Well, Pigs don't go down easy, dude. They, uh, they definitely make you feel it. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like the, whatever non hunting group or whatever doesn't like sometimes, I, I don't know. 
and it's like it's probably the grip and grin and like some of the stuff like with blood hanging out and it's those pictures that <laughs> yeah uh, see you, that Taylor. make it to where like non-hunters feel like hunters like don't have a heart or like we right. but yep. really like in reality when you talk to dude any hunter I know is like very careful about where they shoot yep. and like you want it to be quick and you want it to be like painless for the animal yeah. and like they care more about those animals than any non-hunter I know dude yep. hunters 100%. provide the most gentle death Yep, for an animal because it's either like hit by a car, starvation, killed and ripped apart by another animal, yeah. starvation, disease, yeah. like freezing, dehydration. Like a, a bullet or an arrow is about as gentle as the death gets for. No, it is about it is as gentle as it yep. gets for an animal. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people think, oh no, they die of old age. No, they don't. When nah. they get too old to fend for themselves, then something <laughs> they get else taken. kills yeah. them. Yeah. Coyote just rips them apart when they're alive. Like that. Yep. So brutal. Yep. Dude, it's crazy. Just gnarly out there. But yeah. So Taylor, tell us about your uh, about yours. Let's let's hear the story because it's uh, kind of kind of interesting. Because we wanted right, we got two on yeah, we got yeah. two, two on things. the ground. because so, the goal was to get one with the bow at first. Yeah, the goal was to get one with the bow. But like, what is it? You killed yours, and then it took us a little. while. It took us quite a like. It was like a. It was like an hour hike to get around to the AT, the side-by-side, side, and then we loaded yours up, went to the meat shop, and we worked on that for quite a while. Probably like, a couple hours. Yeah, a couple hours. I got it, got, got, got it gutted, yep. took the skin off, hung it up, all that. Then we went back to camp and uh, kind of spent, like, yeah, like kind of had some lunch and then went back out and like... It, it took us another little while to actually. You found him. You're the one who well, spotted him moving yeah, across that, that hillside. Yeah, that second batch wasn't as easy to find. You know, um, we ran into a, another group of pigs, separate group that was probably fifteen ish, yeah, something like that something or so. Like that. And really, I just caught a, a side glimpse um, through a couple oaks of just one. You know, mobbing its way along, and I tapped the guy. Said, "Hey, right there." You know, and and they were up ahead and kind of in position. And I hung back a little ways because also as a new hunter, the last thing you want to do is fuck this up yeah you know no. like i was like i'm gonna sit back 20 yards i'm gonna stop and wait and i've got the bow i'm holding the bow while they're up there and you know kind of got the, the signal to stop um and so i just sat there and waited so i'm like dude the last thing i want to do is pull the ultimate rookie mistake and blow this other stock yeah you know i'm not, not gonna do it and so aaron and taylor up there i'll let you kind of jump in with you know with where you're at yeah, they're just, pretty close to you guys yeah like i think we spotted them we're probably like 200 yard to yep. maybe like 250 something like that and we kind of cruised up the like um they were moving across a road. So there was a creek bottom that kind of like um, ran perpendicular to the road we were on. So it kind of crossed the road up ahead of us. So we spot him kind of, I, I was trying to stalk in with the bow and they got a little spooky and Aaron was just kind of like, grab the rifle. So like I grabbed the rifle um, and how, did I, how exactly did it happen? So you're, no, you're no. on that rock by the road at first. Yeah, I was I was on that rock and I was, was kind of like resting on the rock and trying to trying to kind of get a shot off. And Aaron really wanted us to shoot boars, but there really wasn't a boar in the, there wasn't a boar in Not the a group that one. wasn't pretty dang small. Yeah. And so I let him pass, and he was kind of one of the last ones in the group. And so they were moving down this creek bottom, and so we kind of followed him down to the creek bottom, and we positioned ourselves like 50, 50 yards off this opening that like a little break in the brush on the creek bottom. And we were just kind of expecting him to kind of continue down the creek bottom, keep feeding. And so when they hit that opening, they turn left. And now Greg is like 100 yards behind us holding our bow, my, the bow. I ran back and I have a rifle. Ground, yeah. And in about 30 seconds, we have like pigs all around us. Like the like one I legit shot all around. was at 40 really? yards. But like I had a pig probably within... Dude, probably 15 out. Like it was yeah, really, like really close. All around us. And uh, 
eventually like it was going to blow up soon because they were they were like pretty much starting to get behind us yeah yeah so aaron just told me like he told me like yeah just shoot that one on the far right and i shot that one on the far right and i don't shoot rifles that much it went down pretty quick i i I, uh i kind of pulled the shot high i lost a little loin on the shot but i i blew her spine up so she wasn't going anywhere yeah went down fast yeah and then uh kind of same sort of deal we loaded up in the atv and drove back and ended up being like i think we killed like by the time we had it loaded it was after four o'clock so like the sun was kind of starting to go down and took us late in the evening to get it all processed up and then we went to town grabbed some beers and uh made some steaks and um that was that was that it was cool you know rewinding back off that um another thing i thought was interesting is you know is i've i've broke down and gutted and and kind of dressed out the butthole the butthole, the you know, butthole all different rad, parts. Dude. It's just interesting. You know, I've done a number of animals, you know, smaller game birds and, and rabbits and squirrel and, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and my expectation going into big game was that it was just going to be gnarlier, you know, like, because, you know. I've never so, cut the butthole out like he did. I've done that it for was turkey, great. you know, and like some of that stuff, kind of keep it all connected. It worked really, like he pulled Super it out cool. all in one piece. Like yep. if you, he kind of like, he, you cut around the butthole and then kind of open it back and then he basically opens the, whole the chest cavity up comes and with it. rather than cutting the diaphragm loose, he just grabs the diaphragm and pulls it out. And As when he pulls kid. it, literally, like, the the, sh- the the poop shoot just, like, pops out with everything. Yep. And then all the guts come out in one massive chunk. What's I thought was really... That's what you did, or that's what... So, yeah, we all did it. We, yeah. you know, jumped oh. in and did it. And that's yeah, what's, yeah. that was what's interesting is I've done a number of other animals. Yeah. And my expectation was that, you know, my first jump into big game was going to be grimy. I was like, this is going to be gnarly. You know, it's going to be stinky and grotesque or whatever. But honestly, like, I found that, at least on a pig, it's all very orderly. You know, uh-huh. which I didn't really expect, you know, like as long as you don't shoot the guts. Yeah. As long as you don't then, gut shoot. Then there's nothing orderly yeah. about it. <laughs> but it was all to be honest, like in this, you know, this, this example, like pretty orderly and you can identify everything and it's all fairly clean in mm-hmm. some way, you know, so you get it all out of there. Like, you know, all, all the meat's obvious, you know, the loin, the tenderloin, the, you know, all those pieces are, are there and you can see them. Um, but I had this little apprehension of like, I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to skin it myself. I wanted to do what I could myself without messing certain things up. Um, but this thought, I'm like, man, this is going to be much like really get going man for this up. one, man up for this one. <laughs> yeah. And in a weird way, it wasn't as gnarly as I thought it was going to be. It yeah. was definitely, you know, approachable for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but very instructional. Like I had no idea that pigs had this much fat on them. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And the fat's really interesting cause it's you know, pure white. It almost has like a dry texture to it. Um, almost, I don't call it like styrofoamy in a weird well, like, way. It's like, it, this might sound kind of like, like kind of like pork rinds. Like when you eat Dude, pork rinds, yep. kind of like how it has like air pockets and it's yeah, kind of yeah. crackly. That's yeah, it, like, yeah. cause the way, the way we did it is like you skin it as much as you have to. And then you just pull the skin off and it kind of peels. And I think it's that, like that layer of fat. It's like right underneath the skin, not yep. like the super thick stuff. It kind of, when you pull it off, it kind of gives it that crackly. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting to like, to see the inside and how much fat are on these things and how, one, how insulated they are to the elements, you know, but kind of makes them kind of bomb proof out there, you know, with all the things they encounter. Yeah. Um, but there is quite a bit of fat on these guys, you know, pretty, especially uh-huh. on Taylor's was, was pretty yeah. healthy. Yeah. I had probably like uh, an inch of fat almost all the way around. Yeah. It. Yeah. Which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. You know? Um, and then breaking it down and then, you know, obviously taking the meat off it and whatnot. But, uh, I think that's another important thing for new hunters to do is to obviously gut their own animals, yeah. you know, and understand the whole process and kind of gives you another layer of respect for what you're doing, Yeah, which is something pretty much anyone, myself included, would never get going to the grocery store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's... Did you... So, like, I know for me, I think I've talked about it before, but, like, on my first deer, I wasn't with anyone that knew what they were doing, so I was... Oof, I, I, I Scary, just, dude. 
Well, like I watched yeah. so many YouTube videos on how to gut a deer that like when I did it, I felt like I had done it a hundred times. Right. It's like, like it said, wasn't it's, that it's big of a deal. Pretty organized. Yeah. You know, and that's unexpected, I think. And yeah, once you get it open, you're like, okay, that's the heart, that's the kidney, yeah. that's you know, that's the intestine, or whatever, and you can see what everything is. Yeah. So it's not as intimidating when you're doing it as you think it's gonna be going into it. Yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting. It's surprising though, is when you just barely nick like the Ooh. stomach or something and it just goes. Wow! Yep. Like, so nasty. Yeah, hold dude. on, this is a little gnarly. Uh, luckily, yeah. I was able to just kind of push that off to the right. side without. But that'll reinforce, you know, how important time is at the range. You yeah. know, like like putting a good I shot know, placement yeah. in, you know, and really dialing it in and not, you know, taking a bad shot. You know, it's like there's, I've seen well, videos. It's happen. Like I mean, even what, two years ago, I went on an antelope hunt with my uncle, and he, and dude, he's like a dead eye. He mm. shoot. He's been doing it his whole life, but he's. I mean, he he got shot an antelope yep. on. Obviously, Hot accident, but it was like, you know, he had to shoot it a, a, two or three times, and it yeah. was like, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, you don't but it was do like, that. but it was good to, it was good to experience that because yeah. I got to help deal with it and like figure out. So how now to, you know what to do. You know, yeah, it yeah. happens again. And you have the to tenderloins are done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah. Hey, so I have a question for you, actually. Um, hopefully, you can, and this will, I guess, go in the same kind of vibe of like new hunter, is waterfowl. Because obviously, dude, you're, yeah, you gotta I've, do it. So, dude. so here's the. I love, I love duck. I've shot duck you know i've shot goose um as a kid and that's kind of the to me the the angle of hunting that's the most intimidating is waterfowl oh really because it seems so far removed from all other hunting yeah it seems like its own pocket you know and um, it is and it's like you know it is here yeah but but it's if there's something we have an abundance of in california it's duck you know, yeah. like we've got a great migratory pattern. Yeah. Dude, there are and millions of them in the state right now. Dude, phenomenal duck hunting out here, which is obviously like all, you know, I'm obviously, I love pheasant and just knowing that we've converted these fields from, you know, from, from grain and corn over yeah. to rice and it benefits duck and doesn't benefit pheasant. So it's kind of where you naturally have to transition to. Yeah. Um, but learning to duck hunt is something that I'm like dying to do. Really? And as a new hunter researching it, to me, that's been the hardest thing. Like, I feel like I can find resources to go take a deer or whatever it is. Yeah. But to get into duck hunting seems very intimidating. It is hard. Maybe I should do like a, at some point I should probably do an episode on like, I mean, I would have to make notes and like really organize it, but like yeah. to like go through the steps on what it takes to like go to the refuge and hunt or right. something. You well, know? just learning the refuge system is yeah. pretty crazy, you know, because I've been out to YOLO to shoot pheasant and learning their lottery system, reservation system, and sweat line system. No joke, I've had to go out there and mess it up each time to learn. Yeah. You know, there's no well, instructions like for that. And it's Dude, like, you feel so stupid at the check station. I'm like, I'm here. And they're like, well, we already called your number seven hours ago. I'm like, well, sometimes they're just oh, dicks shit. too. It's like, exactly. It's, dude, it's like... I don't know. I feel yeah. like the people at the they check like to stations flex a little bit. They need to be a little bit freaking nicer, dude. Like, yeah. I, I have one one friend, this guy named Joe, who's um, our daughters are in dance together, and he is awesome, helpful dude. He I don't know what he does for Yolo. He some does something important over at Yolo. And he's hugely helpful, and he definitely kind of helped me lightly understand that world. Yeah. But then you get there and you talk to these dudes at the check station, and they are like not always like the most welcoming, you know, well, which it's like, it's so early and yeah, it's like, I don't think anyone's happy to be there at three yeah. in the morning, you know, well, and you, you do end up with, you know, they have to deal with all these, there's a lot of idiots that go yeah. out there. So it's like, you know, they're already sort of probably on edge or in like defense mode instead right, of like right. being helpful and nice. Yeah. So it's like, like last weekend was surprising and it was nice dude. Cause there was like this, this young lady at the check station and she was super nice, like joking around with everybody. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was really refreshing to yeah. like just have somebody that was nice at the check station and not, not be like, I don't know. It was like, yeah. Kind of like standoffish vibe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They kind of look like they're looking down you a little bit. Yeah. And, it's like, dude, you know, it's just, yeah, it's kind of weird. But I guess for, for someone like me who wants to get back or shoot duck again, 
and I'm not going to spend three grand on a blind seat, you know, right now. I don't want to either. Yeah, I mean, I'd, they I'd don't be, shoot as good anyways. Yeah, dude, it'd be amazing yeah. at some point, but maybe not. So, like for somebody like me, I've let's say I've got the gear and the equipment. I don't know how to call, but I could probably sort of learn maybe here and there. What would be my first step in going out and trying to take a few duck? Like, what would you say is kind of like the first level? Waking up. Wake up early. I can wake up early. <laughs> really early. Right. So getting up early for sure. But you know, how are you? How yeah, are I mean, you? Other picking? than like getting all the tags and stuff that you need to get, yep. like stamps, waterfowl, migratory, all that stuff. Yeah. But then there's also like if you want to go to the, if you want, are you talking about going to the refuge? Yeah. Say refuge or like a type A wildlife, right? Because those things are either by reservation, which yeah. I still don't quite understand, and then lottery, which I finally sort of understand, which it's maybe kind we of can a long talk conversation, about. But like, basically, like in a nutshell, like you you have to get like a type. I think it's, yeah, type A, two day, like pass. a two-day pass yep. or a one-day pass or a two-day pass. It's cheaper if you do a two-day pass. Like right. The then price you can split is cheaper. it 21 bucks per day or something like that. Yeah. Yep. So then you you have to have that. It used to be where you brought cash to the check station Right, the and they don't take it anymore. Yeah, they don't so you take it. you have to get it. the pass early. Yeah. But what I've found when I've gone out to those just to shoot pheasant and kind of it's the same program is you can either make a reservation, which isn't entirely clear by the website. You know, you can't yeah. quite figure that out. But, you know, the lottery, you have to go to the actual check station with your pass the night before between, I think, five and seven or something like that right around there. Yeah. And, right. and this year and it's different number. with COVID. Exactly. It's only one hour. It's like from yeah. six to seven, I think. It's a small window. Yeah. So you got to get, you know, you got you to put in for it and get a number issued. And then that night at eight o'clock or so, they, they put up the lottery numbers of where your your position, basically when you walked up and then what your lottery number was. Yep. Right. And then you have to get back there at like four in the morning because they do a purge on the on the lottery at 5 a.m. So this is this is upland game or this pheasant? Is, this is for either duck or pheasant. Okay, I was going to say, this is exactly how ducks... Same exact... Pro- yeah. I think it's the same thing because it's just yep. the number of people on the property, right? So, so you know, you got to get back at like four or five or I think four that like the next either morning. either two or two and a half hours before shoot time. Yes, right? Yeah. And they do a purge of the lottery. So if they don't... If, if you're not there and you don't have your lottery number, they wipe you off the roll. And then you're stuck in sweat line, which is basically waiting, which we can talk about too. Yeah. Um, and so then you get your number. But once you get your number and you can get in from there, I have no clue what to do with duck. Like, do you just, do they assign after you? you? After they give you your number? Yeah, yeah. So you get a number, you're there, you're going to get in. Do they assign you a blind? Do you pick a blind? It, it depends on the refuge. Like some refuges have blinds. Some have like assigned blinds. Some mm-hmm. have assigned pawns. Yep. Some have both. Like some might okay. have like say five blind, five or 10 blinds and then they might have like five or 10 assigned pawns. Got it. And then, and then the rest will just be like free roam. And when they say free roam, what does that mean? So there, there's like a paper map yep. of the refuge and it'll be all pretty much hashed out on there. Like there'll be like hash lines for like free roam maybe. And then like, like, you know, color coded basically like a, like a legend or a key on it. But so is free roam kind of like, like, are you jump shooting ducks or are you no, picking a spot and just huddling down and, yeah, and calling like, them in? Like you'll pick a spot, like typically free roam around here, like in the refuges around here is like just a bunch of tule patches and Got flooded, it. like a flooded So it's pond. not an organized blind or seat or whatever. It's just, right. You're going to pick a spot on the ground. You're going to sit yeah. and camo up and put, put deeks out yep. and, and then you have work like a little there. stool that you push in the mud and it's, you sit above Got the water. It. Okay. And then if you have a dog, you bring like a dog stand out yep. and it sits about just so it's out of the water. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you just tuck into the tulies as tight as possible and stay covered and put your decoys out and. And then hope you can call some birds. Hopefully in. no one sets up right next to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in that case, if, if I mean, people are pretty, I'm sure pretty conscious about setting up super close, but like, you would what's a, you would, I mean, you would hope so, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I've seen people out there, but like, yeah. what's, what's a good amount of distance from you to the next guy. If you're in the same rough area. 
Uh, like, I'm sure it'd be like five miles, but like reasonable. Like yeah, if you know there's people out there, like what is a, yards? what's about as, as close as you would say, hey, bud, like fuck off, you know? Um, a couple hundred yards? I think like two or three hundred yards would be I like... Mean, I don't know, dude. It's so weird. I'm so used to getting like peppered by other people's like pellets, like which I hear is common. It right? seems normal to me. Yeah. You actually physically get hit by people's yeah. pellets. I've you heard hear, about that. Like if people down. are too close, and and I mean sometimes they seem like a decent distance away, but like dude, this thing's the scary, shot man. is loud, and you're like, close your eyes or put yeah. your head down. Well, you imagine you're shooting just like three hit. and a half and like two or something like that, yeah. or three shot, whatever. Like that's gonna carry some distance still. But then like I've talked to people in different states, like my uncle in Oregon, like he was at a range and they were, I don't know. They were, I can't remember what the scenario was, but they were pepper. Somebody got peppered or something, and he was pissed, dude. Right. Like he was like, "Which ready to, to be? Like, like shoot him through hands? Yeah, damn, and I was like, dude, gnarly. dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like it, I get peppered all the time, man. Like yeah, it's, it's normal just here. how it is. And I, but I think that's that's interesting. You know, like like we're saying, like I think from a new hunter standpoint, waterfowl is sort of its own world. You know, that has some very specific rules maybe in place or, or protocol yeah. you know that that doesn't really necessarily exist because i think in other hunting everything's free roam yeah you know and it's a little more like orderly and assigned but i know also like the refuges and the type a areas you're getting a lot of people yeah. you know trying to get to the best water yeah um, and for me to go and do waterfowl honestly seems super intimidating Dude, like the most intimidating really yeah that, see that's how i that's what i started doing but i had but i had i had a couple buddies that did it and yeah. took me out to like Basically, like, showed me just a couple times, like, going to the check station, checking in, mm-hmm. how to put in for reservations and stuff. And um, so I kind of got, like, that introduction to it. Yep. And then I just, but then the guys that showed me ended up being sort of, like, not very ethical. So I started just doing it Do myself. Thing. So let me <laughs> backtrack a bit to the reservation, because you've done a few reservations, right? I've only done lottery and sweat line on refuge or the, or the Taipei wildlife area. Yeah. Does the does a reservation follow the same protocol, or how do you actually get a reservation? Um, so now you everything's online now, so you can like go, and it's like a dollar thirty every year it goes up. But right now it's like a dollar thirty four to put in for, for like it. to put in for one day at one refuge. Got it. And just because you put in doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? Right. Okay. So like this season. I mean, I've probably spent dude almost three hundred dollars, maybe. Okay, it's frustrating because I haven't been drawing anything. Right, well, but well, I've been getting luckily, like some buddies have been inviting me, so I get. But I finally just drew one. Got it. So I'm returning the favor to a couple of guys that have already invited me out and yeah. re-inviting them out. But like, uh, yeah. So I mean, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, dude, I mean, you spend like two hundred fifty bucks, three hundred bucks. And you get to go on a pretty good hunt. Yeah, ho- hopefully becomes worth Is that it for much sure. to do it. I think well, cumulatively, right? It's a dollar thirty-four per refuge per day that you try. So like to if get. I could put in at like Sacramento Refuge for Saturday for a dollar thirty-four, right. but but if you put in for ten refuges for Saturday and Sunday every weekend, mm-hmm. you know, you get through, in a season you're going to spend like a few hundred bucks. Or so whatever. in a in a in a reservation system like that, when you put in for one, like. I'm trying to think how to say this. If you put in for one, will you get it? Just maybe not on the day you want it. Like if you say, I'm going to spend that, whatever, buck 40, like maybe they'll say, Hey, your, your time is Thursday, you know, whatever. When you're like, well, I can only so do there's Saturday, only, they you only, only shoot Wednesday, it. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you'll put in for it and, and not get it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so I've been putting in all season. Haven't gotten anything until like the end of January. I finally got one. Got it. <laughs> and have you explored any 
any kind of like public, public like walk-in. That's what I was telling shooting. him on the way here, Taylor. Like, there's all these ponds around here right. that have like tons of geese and ducks every day. Like, I'll go yep. out and take pictures of them and like take and that's, a, go for walks. Like, you know, you can go canoe. Like, I see your canoe. You can totally like, can't you jump in your canoe? You can go up and the go river. like paddle yeah. down sloughs and stuff and try to jump. I need shoot to. Them? I need to do well, that. More. I think that's where like a tool like Onyx would become helpful to know where property lines are and where you can and can't shoot. For me, I've just never been. Which you guys would probably actually be helpful. Maybe we should all get together and Dude, hit the river. We should try to but, go explore one day. But I honestly like yeah. for me. Especially because it'll probably be myself. So, yep. like, I'm kind of nervous about throwing that thing in a river. And we just seen the spray paint. Like, yeah. We've seen the spray paint Greg's drift boat camo. Dude, down. We'll just camo the thing out. We'll, you know, fade well, it out. Well, sometimes you can just take a boat to, like, a spot. Like a little yeah. slough or an island or something and, like, tuck the boat away and then hunt from the edge. Like, yep. there's all kinds of places on the river that people do it. I just haven't figured that out. Right. But I think it would be cool because, like, all those river areas and like wooded areas are all like wood ducks and mallards. And like, that's to me, that's what I want to shoot. Yeah, man. Well, there's, you know, <laughs> the there's cool a looking birds. There's a wildlife area that, that I, that I hunt for, for quail and Turkey pretty regularly. And I feel like I've got it fairly down. There's a Creek that runs through it. And I'm, you know, up until this year, I never even thought about duck, but I'm always jumping duck really? off the Creek, you know, all yeah. the time. mallards off the Creek, wood duck off the Creek, you know, like that definitely like birds out there for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's never occurred to me that I could shoot duck out there. I'm like, wait, this is a, type C wildlife area and there are birds here. So why not? You know, but I think the same thing is, you know, getting away from that formal, you know, refuge environment. And that, dude, that's what I wish there was more around here. Is just, which I and think, I wonder if it is there, if we just don't know how to find it or haven't like tracked it yet, you know? Yeah. And I think there are spots like, like you said, like some spots along creeks and rivers mm-hmm. that, um, I just haven't like it, especially now, like with the kids, dude, it's yeah. hard to like be like, Oh, to I'm devote go, two days I'm to go scouting. spend some days to go scouting and looking yeah. for, you know, yep. it's hard, dude. It's but like, it's the same thing. You kind of like got to do it. If you're not going to do the refuge, if you're not no going to pay for, blind, for boots on the ground. Yeah. 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 And I think as well, a new hunter, I'm learning that really quickly is that you have to go put the footwork. So the thing in. about the refuge is like, yeah, like all the steps and the, the people out there sometimes, like sometimes it's like, uh, intimidating or not intimidating always, but like, even once you get it down, it's just kind of a hassle or it's like not, it doesn't feel like hunting, you know? Like, right. It almost like lining feels... lining up in a line and getting a number and yeah, like... Yeah, it almost feels like that like pheasant and, yeah. you know, like the game but farm. But it's not. Because it's, it's not, not. It's wild. It's still, you still, dude, if anything, it takes more work and more skill to right. get those birds to come in because there's like a lot of competition. competition yeah, I would imagine. And so like there is, a, there is pride and like skill in it. Like yep. it's not like just like, oh yeah fucking just i just walked into this bird and shot it right, you know, right. it's like seriously i mean it's it takes work and it takes a while to learn to like be able to actually like shoot a limit you know yep. what i mean like um but but yeah like i can't remember what i was getting at now i just feel like that'd be like a, a cool thing to do like oh, if you guys are down is to like maybe like you know on x and pick out a few areas where we see water you know and yeah. either go like soon before it starts drying up or you know later in the in, in the in the year and just see if we can walk back there see what access is like and see yeah. if there's birds around you know and That's and who knows idea. man maybe you know maybe hiking you know a couple miles you might find like, you might find good turkey ideas. i mean that's the yeah. thing like Dude, you go check spots like that I've never shot dude, at a duck. Dude, Honestly, so duck fun, is so dude. tasty. Like, duck is amazing. I've heard the exact is... opposite. No. I mean, it depends. I think I, I've shot a handful. I'm sure you have way more experience with this. But, like, you, you know, you shoot a spoon, my, and you're like, that's terrible. My cooking skills with duck is not the greatest, but... <laughs> just cook the shit out of it. <laughs> well, I, you ever make I mean, duck poppers? Just yeah, like, I mean, I'll yeah. make poppers or, like, uh, jerky or... I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take all the duck I have and, like, go and just make snack sticks. Yeah, grind it Because out. it's so... It's, I mean, you're still eating it. It's you're great, not wasting dude, yeah. it. I do need to like get better at my culinary 
uh, so skills with duck, but it's you know, like I said, I've got extremely limited experience with duck. We uh, we did a, a trip to the cloud, you know, a few months back, and my business partner on his way up from La Jolla was able to jump in a blind and and, and knock down a few birds and brought a mallard up and around the campfire, just seared it in cast iron pan. Oh, really? and it was one of the best things I've ever had. It was really phenomenal, dude. Like out of this world, it was so simple, just like garlic and some butter as long as you don't overcook it no right? no that's what i found like very light cooking really gets the job done you know which is kind of yeah. crazy but it was amazing and i think that's for me you know a very overlooked resource i think i look at california like i said people look at california like you know it's terrible or it's the worst or whatever and i don't i don't share that opinion um but obviously certain things we have an abundance of yeah and duck is great and it's there well what's cool about it to me is like like us three like we could go out and like i don't know you can go out with a group of friends and like bullshit and like have the best time ever yeah. and not have to be like super quiet until like the birds are working right. obviously but yep. like it's like it i don't know dude it's it's so fun like yeah it's like this basically you can like yeah you're like, the shit bullshit and you're like oh dude, here comes a bird dude yep. and you just call them in and like i don't know it's 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 fun and then you get a yeah. dog involved that you right. like spent time good training dog, it's yeah. so fun that's maybe where dexter will get one day he's he's pretty good but maybe he'd be like a good duck dog eventually that's what he was designed yeah. for and you get to a point honestly with like with the refuges like um, so the refuges, I mean, they're a refuge. So like yep. most of the birds in the area are, are living there. Like, yep. like they, sh- they typically shoot better than most of the clubs. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, the, the thing about the club is like, you just, you can wake up and be out there at sunrise with your quad and like, right. it's so easy and chill. Yeah. And you might have a clubhouse or something, but like, yeah, you're, it's at least two grand a seat. Yep. For like you a have decent, a stove and you're blind. Yeah. And you maybe don't know burritos. who's going to be in there with you, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a little weird. But there's like some comforts and like things that are like cool about it but like yeah. i don't know i like i like the pursuit dude i like like Same. so like yep. that's why like even though there's refuges and it feels like um bit of a circus you know, maybe yeah it feels like circus you're getting a number all that stuff like there's still so much skill to like knowing which spot on the refuge yep. is going to be like the spot like what's the x like yep. what spot like what spot do the birds want to be and like you know like and it I takes th- a lot of it does take a lot of time and skill to like figure that out and like yeah you, you, you get, like, networking with guys Who've done in the it area. And, like, and everybody, like, help, you know, if you get a good group of guys, like, everybody, like, helps each other out. And that's right. what happened last weekend is we had some guy, like, that we knew that we ran into at the refuge. And he's like, dude, you guys need – you guys got a good number. Go check the spot out. And we, and we did. And it was like – dude, it was On insane, fire. dude. There I was think- hundreds, if not thousands, of birds just, like – from every direction. That's it was so it, rad. Like, so like right before shoot light, there's like birds landing in the decoys. Dude, the, like our dog, the dog. Which is like, and it's us, time. Dude, we're just yeah. like, dude, dude, let's fucking do it. The dog just like in there shaking, just yeah, staring just at them all. The dog like, let, let me get him. Let me it's get him. experienced yeah. dog, like three or four years old, but he didn't know what to fucking do, dude. Like right. he was so overwhelmed. Just too much like, going on. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. overstimulated. What like, was your best volley? Like, oh, I don't know. You drop like two or three birds at a time, or like the group. There's three of us. I yeah. mean, yeah, maybe yeah. we each shot one or two. So you get more opportunities off. Did you? You guys got your limit, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we got By like twenty-one ducks and three geese. That's which, rad. We which we could have been done sooner. Like we were actually passing on some teal and stuff yeah. in the morning because we wanted you to can get the pick bigger and birds. Choose, yeah, what you want, but dude. It was like 
That's so rad, man. Fun, when I think experiences like that, you know, like again, kind of going back to like the novice hunter thing is I think it's okay for us to ask the questions about how to navigate the system to get out there. You know, oh, yeah. you just say, Hey, how does, how does the lottery lottery system work? How does the reservation system work? Yeah. But that's where you got to really put the time in, yeah. you know, to like understand what blinds are working, you yeah, know, yeah. like who else is out there. And that's the stuff you got to actually put the work in to earn. Yeah. And then every refuge is different. Like it was right. said, like some of them have blinds, some of them don't have any blinds and some of them are like gray lodge for instance is like all free roam. Right. Which is crazy. But yeah. there's some like really good spots yeah. at gray lodge. But if you don't know where you're going, it's so big like if you don't know where you're going you could you you walk out in the dark in the morning and you're not you can't really scout it they don't let you on there unless you have a number and they don't let you on until it's time to go out and hunt so it's dark it's almost like you have to sort of burn the first few trips to understand the lay of the land you do yeah we did that the first time that we went to yolo or you go on an an, an afternoon oh yeah you can just go fill in on an afternoon and And just just get eyes on it that makes sense yeah you have to be willing to to, to burn one of those type a passes just to like walk it you know and that's what we did the first time i went to shoot pheasant with my buddy sean is i swear to god we probably put 16 17 miles and just walking and wound up in the wrong place had to turn around you know and yeah. just learn the land and then you know you go back and you're like okay this is good terrain this is good habitat you know this will work we'll come back out the next time so i think you do got to be comfortable you know burning a couple of those passes to to see what's out there yeah. before you take advantage of, of the right zones yeah 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 dude if you guys ever want to go man let's do it let's go tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude well, yeah we can down. uh but yeah, if you ever want to hit the refuge, like I can, we can go over like details, like like like, because I mean, you know, once you start digging on online on the website and stuff, and like figuring out how to put in for a reservation, it's like, you know, it's kind of a rabbit hole. Like like mm-hmm. I said, I should probably do like a, a whole episode on just like all the how steps to it takes to do it because it's yeah, quite or, a bit. It is, yeah, it's complicated, and it's intimidating, yeah, because it's not clear. Like we talked about, you know, it's, it's when you go to the site or go to the check station or the office, whatever, it's not clear. Yeah. And I messed it up probably five times. Well, and I can see I it being it intimidating too. Cause like Dude, geez, super the, the people are, like I said, like how, I would say the majority of the times the people, at the check station are not nice. No. And I'm totally comfortable looking like an idiot. Like I'm, I'm like, sure. I'm a complete moron. You know, yeah. I have no problem saying that whatever. But I think if you're intimidated, even talking to people, you're going to not have success in the system. Yeah. You know, well, and like all the guys standing around in the morning, like at the check station, like right. usually, I mean, they look like a bunch of day. Everyone's always mean mugging and like, yeah. oh, who's here today? Oh, fucking Joe's here today. Like, right. I don't know. There's like this thing. Yeah. There's a but like if you, here. if you or somebody went in there and just were like super cool and started asking people questions, everyone would open up and like help you out. Yeah. I think that's so pretty like, common. But it, yeah, it, it, it is sort of. If you're know. afraid of like asking or yeah. saying hi to someone, it's going to be a little tricky. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's got to step out of that comfort zone a little bit. And sometimes you get lucky, dude. Like last year I had like a lottery number, not even, not even a good number. And I showed up to Howard Slough and uh, ran into a dude at the check station. He, he had number one reservation, dude. And he's like, he's like, Hey, does, uh, he's like, Hey, are you hunting with anybody today? And I was like, no, he's like, well, I got number one if you want to hunt. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it, dude. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't even know this guy, but I was, he was cool. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So those, like, kind of, those kind of encounters are the, like, I've, I've had a couple encounters yeah. like that where you're just like, I was in the back country and like, literally we, we came in from different trailheads and we're like, Oh, I was going to camp here. I was going to camp here. And I was like, you guys want to like you hang out, want to <laughs> hang out and like hunt together. And they're like, where are you going to hunt? And I was like, I'm going to hunt there. And they're like, okay, we're going to hunt there. We might as well just hunt together. Yeah. yeah. Well, like that happened for each other, glass yeah. for each other. Exactly. That's right when that happens. Yeah, you know? a couple of weekends Fortunately, ago. Like good friendships over that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like last, a couple. Or like it's been a few weekends now, but this season it happened again. We're like, I said, I was setting up like 
in the spot that a friend told me, like, go here and check it out in the afternoon because he shot, like, a limit of all Drake Widgeons, dude, yep. which is freaking cool. Yeah, super tight. And so he's like, dude, go check this spot out. And so I went out there, and, like, right after I started sending decoys out, this father and son walk up, like, dude, they were, like, 25 yards from me. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And he's like, we're hunting here. And I'm like, I'm hunting here. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. So anyways... They were kind of standoffish at first. Right. And we were hunting way too close to each other at first. They, they were kind of standoffish. So I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm going to hunt this direction. You guys hunt that direction. <laughs> and it was weird. But then, yeah. like, this this group of mallards came in, and I, I shot them both. And and uh, so then they were like, okay, uh, we can hunt together. Right. Like, like they're like, like wait, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like, it was kind of like, I don't know. Dude. I had an experience really similar to that. Actually, it's kind of funny. I think I was telling you about this uh, last spring turkey season, you know, on, a, on one of the type C wildlife areas up here. I've done spring turkey. I've only taken birds in the fall when they're stupid, which is great because they're dumb and I'm yeah. dumb and it works out. But spring is obviously quite a bit harder. And so I finally kind of like got it together, did it right, learned how to call correctly, had the right deke set up and everything. And, uh, and went out to this, this type C area that I've been scouting the night before and found tracks, found the roost, the whole kit. You know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it right this time. Yeah. Um, set up, I got, it's probably an hour before, you know, before dawn shoot time and started calling lightly and birds were working, you know, two coming in different directions, two big gobblers and working them, doing the same thing, calling less, you know, being kind of strategic. I'm like, dude, this is my time. I'm finally doing it right. And all of a sudden I hear the sound to my right around this kind of like berry brush pile. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, there's more coming in the side. This is going to be insane. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you hear like the shuffling, you know, and you're like, dude, birds everywhere. It's going to go off. And I turn to look to the right with the shotgun and it's a dad and his kid oh. at like dawn walking in thinking my decoys were oh. turkey. And they kind of they're like, whoops. And I stopped. And I was like, I had the moment you're kind of like, man, I, I could get upset about this, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, they don't know what's going on. I'm like, dude, I was that guy. And I still am that guy in a lot of other ways, but I was that guy very recently. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's cool, you know? And of course, the other birds bounce. They're not coming back, you know? Yeah. It's too much commotion. Yeah. That's um, a hard situation, man. It's easy. It's easy to get irritated. Yeah, yeah, because you, you feel it well. high road. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I don't tend to get too upset about a lot of things, but like when you put in that work and the setup time and yeah, you're like, I'm finally going to do it right. And that bird yeah. is there, man. And calling him like a tom is like whew, pretty, you know, gets my heart pounding, you yeah. know? Um, and, and just to see them kind of like just run in i'm like dude these birds aren't moving they're definitely not real you know <laughs> but the same thing i have to remember that like i'm still a, a total rookie you know i'm total novice and that could have been me last season honestly it might have been me to somebody i don't know you know yeah so just kind of take the breath and say okay you know like this is how they're learning yeah um the same way i learned and and to not you know throw too much shade at them yeah. um but it'd be you know it'd be cool to find those those friendships along yeah. the way you know hell yeah yes sir Yes, sir. Is it the longest one ever? Just no. wait. Just wait until yeah, someone blows like an elk, an elk stock or a deer stock for you. Ooh. That's Say a that little, again. I well, feel like, like that's a little different. Yeah, like what Greg was saying about somebody blowing a turkey. Just wait until like you're on a bull or on yeah. a buck, and someone decides to saunter saunter like down the canyon after light. Yeah. When the winds fall and nice and slow down the canyon, right. they're just walking right down the hill, and you're creeping up the hill towards a buck or an elk, and you see him whirl someone his head. Pops out of the woods next to you, and then you find their truck and you put a wind check bottle underneath their windshield wiper. <laughs> well, I think that's a, co a cool thing to discuss. Cause I heard you guys talking about your last podcast mm -hmm. is, um, you know, the, the variability of hunting in California obviously is unique cause there's a lot of mixed use. 
You know, there's a lot of people who hikers, who, hikers and backpackers. Yeah. And, and I've never been under the illusion. The laser light show. Right? Oh my God, dude. It's unbelievable. Well, and I feel like I've never been under the illusion that, that I have priority in this area just because I'm trying to shoot an animal, you yeah. know, like we all, yeah, everyone using, we have to learn how to kind of like work together and, and whatnot. And, um, and I don't know what the solution there is. Because I know it can be frustrating when you work all season for one big animal. I don't think there's really a solution. Fuck I don't the people it's just to be patient. that play music oh. speakers in the woods. Someone playing WAP in the woods? Dude. WAP. Oh, dude, we forgot to do WAP. No, that'll the be the intro music, man. You got to do the intro music for WAP. Um, yeah, I did have an interesting, like one of my first days shooting quail, I had a lady, you know, walk in the street on the wildlife area, which isn't super far away from this one good area. And she was blowing a whistle and rattling a bell. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing? And I realized later she was trying to like, alert the birds to my presence. That's know? actually really? illegal. Is it? Yeah. I, yeah I'm like, ah, so hunter harassment. That's if you funny. call a warden for hunter harassment, they usually respond very quickly. That, really? That's yeah. Interesting. yeah oh yeah. Like wild. What happened to Ryan? Did they call was, like uh, wildlife? Did Ryan tell you about that story about yeah. the chick yelling at him? Yeah. Crazy. He was deer hunting or something. Well, it, it's happened to him twice. Yeah. <laughs> that's just part of what you got to, I think kind of contend with, you know? And I think yeah. there's, you know, there's a, there's a, cultural element in California that maybe isn't in other states and that's that's totally fine. It's not just here though. I hear about this stuff in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty liberal over there too, but like yeah. I honestly I fall of, on that side of the fold in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm definitely more on the left, but But yeah, <laughs> and I think um, you know, that's sort of the give and take in California that I'm realizing is that, you know, there's there's some things I'm not going to get my way on. You know, I'm going to get some people like that that are maybe going to do some annoying things. But honestly, the the benefit of of being in California, honestly, I feel far outweighs the negative, you know, like yeah. I garden a ton, you know, yeah. and there's no other state where I can run a great garden, go shoot a Turkey, go to the beach and watch the sunset, you know, go up to yeah. the mountains and, and do whatever, go mushroom hunt. Um, and so I think we probably shit gotta, on the streets. Yeah. Shit on the streets, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't shit here in the garage. Who knows? Um, oh, but I think those are the things we have to like factor in with like the different, the different perceptions, you know, yeah. and the different interests. And it is a mixed use state. And, um, I mean, so far I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. Know? I think it's great. People forget about the weather we have here. Dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah, like, even it's today, it's like, January, and it's sunny out. It kills. It's awesome, you know? I'm putting a pool in the backyard. Yeah, dude, dude you put a pool. or Exactly. There's <laughs> so mean, many great things you can go do. Sure, it's a little more difficult here, but there there are things to find. Well, the oh, thing there's is, there's plenty. There are plenty of things to find. There are yeah, plenty of animals. Like, yep. It's, so the thing it's is, out there. Whatever, like, realizing, like, the last year or two, like, is anyone who's really into big game hunting hunts... Like anyone who's really into it, yeah, they is like they're going out of state anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, so what? You, You're I mean, gonna drive three, three, four hours to go hunting, right? Yep. Yeah. So like, what's eight? Right. Yeah. It's not a huge difference. And then you talk to guys who are really proficient who put their time in, like Aaron. You know. Yeah. Like that dude is banged yeah, out. Yeah, our guy big Aaron. Animals, they, he dude. kills some insane giant. Like he also gets some. He he, he probably has tag. access to arguably the best blacktail ranch in California. Oh really? Um, so he kills giants there, but like I mean, he he killed a hundred and sixty inch blacktail in Oregon on a on a one one and a half day hunt a couple weeks back, yeah. or like when when Oregon's late season was, but like he just puts the time in. Like yeah. he's a full time fishing guide, so it's not like he has a thing where like he has vacation time to burn. When he's not working, he's not making money, so he has limited time, but he makes yeah. it happen. And yeah. I think there are good animals in California. You know, you just gotta maybe push a little further back, which is what I'm finding. And, you know, you gotta said use those tools and research and maybe, you know, push a little further than, than you would have to do in other states. It's maybe yeah. not easy all the time. Yeah. But there are things we have an abundance of, you know, duck, turkey, you Well know. like a lot of people don't know, like a lot like the majority of the years, California is number one for like the most amount of waterfowl killed. Right. 
Really? So, like, it's an yeah. amazing flyway. It's, an it's also a giant state. You're, you have to consider oh, the landmass. Huge landmass, yeah. yeah. The Sacramento Valley is huge. Yep. Yeah. Which hopefully this whole, there's like a thing in Klamath going on right now with like botulism and like the ducks mm-hmm. up there and oh, like really? lack of water and all kinds of issues up there. But like, so hopefully, I think they said something like, I can't remember what it was, but the amount of waterfowl that died off from that botulism thing was yep. quite a few. So hopefully it doesn't like affect the population too much but yeah but i could imagine being you know in another state where you have an abundance of one thing but you're lacking all the other things i think so much stuff there's so much biodiversity here we have cool stuff so like the one special thing i think about california in terms of big game is we are the only state in the united states that has rockies rosies and tulies yep and on top of that we are the only state that has tulies which is special so like I always think about wanting to do a rocky tag, like put in for the Northeast tag or put in for the Marble Mountain tag. But like, if you live in California and you're not putting in for Thule Bowl tags, you're kind of crazy. Yeah, it's not too expensive to put in for it, right? No, like it, California. I think it's, it's still fairly, yeah, thirty bucks. bucks and don't you have points? And you know, you can yeah. like work your way towards I mean, it. And need eight, quite a few I think points. it's eight dollars per application. Oh, Dude. is it eight? Yeah. yeah, maybe it is. I spent eight oh, bucks $8. on yeah, far yeah. stupider things, to be honest. Like way stupider. Well, it's things. the same with the sheep tag. Like, yeah, it's pretty unattainable, but like people get drawn like. Dude, like I was talking to Andy, didn't some like eleven year old girl get drawn for or something like that? There's there there multiple people last awesome year that animal? with like two points. Yeah, like drew and guy who's, he's been putting in for an elk tag for a while, and he didn't draw. And like I don't know, three weeks, three weeks. No, it was like three weeks before season. He gets a phone call, and it's fish and game, and they say, "Hey, someone turned their tag in, and you're the alternate." And he killed a bull with an alternate tag, just like on like. Three weeks notice. Dude, and you don't know unless you put the tag in for it, unless you, you know, yeah. put in for it. Same thing, you don't know unless you, you know, take a couple steps into an area you don't really feel comfortable taking steps into. Yeah. So you just have to do it. Yeah. You know, not talk about it, just do it. Yep. And that's important. Talking is greater than doing or what? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> for some people, yeah. Hell yeah. Nice, man. Well, yeah, I was thinking too, after we were talking about like public land for duck hunting, like, there is, uh, I mean, you can like you can, you can get a a boat like mm-hmm. a duck boat and hunt anywhere in the bay, right? Or like the whole delta, like up the river. So I mean, there's, and then like when there there's certain areas that flood up yep. here, that uh, are typically like not. I think once it becomes flood waters, you can hunt it mm-hmm. basically. So like people will just. Can't, like get just so it. many birds dude. dude like but you just have to know you just have to have the the right boat or right equipment or whatever and know right. know when that time is and like hit it the hit it right but um that was just something i thought about when we were and i think like up north there's like some potholes and like random mm-hmm. kind of little sloughs and stuff that you can you can find but i wish there was more like public like in some regions like in the united states like there's like the pothole region or whatever mm-hmm. like you can just drive down the highway and like oh this pond's full of mallards. Let's Let me go, go jump there tomorrow there. morning yeah. and you just kill it. So I don't know. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a, I'm starting to learn more about public land and, and what's accessible. And there's obviously the lands that are very obvious, you know, where it's mapped out for you, where it's got a sign on it. You're like, Hey, this is this kind of an area, but there's a whole lot of land in this state. That's public land that you can go shoot on. I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you if I've gone more than shit, maybe a mile into like any national forest. And oh, there's really? probably, 7,000 million miles, you know, like I just haven't gone further That's than a, a mile. Miles. There's a lot of space, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of space, dude. And so yeah. I think, you know, there is a lot of public land that, you know, maybe doesn't have a sign on it saying there are 
quail here, there's turkey here, there's whatever here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or you can go explore and find some stuff. But yeah, you know, like I said, you just got to have those tools for safety and maybe your own comfort and then just take the day to go. Yeah. Yep. It's there. It's there for the taking. Exactly. But Or maybe that's just my rookiness speaking. You know, no, these guys it's, are like, it's, no, it's reality. Nah, there's no animals out there. <laughs> Stay home. Stay home. Don't go out there. Who knows? I, I wish I knew where the deer were. I just can't figure that shit out. We saw plenty of them this weekend. Yeah. Hun- <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, lots. And I found a, a crazy rad amount. shed, too. Did Super sick. Get- it was in a spot that Aaron's walked through. Like, we were all walking together, and it was like four feet. And I was like, oh, oh hey, look. Look at that thing. A really? It's like a, like a three with an eye guard. Yeah. Like, it was a rad a shed. Nice buck. Nice. Yeah. 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 See a lot of good animals out there. You just got to, yeah, go find them. Hell yeah. So, hell yeah. Fun, fun. Cool. What do you think? Got a, yeah, a buck yeah. 30 you on the call meter? call him babe. No, I said, hey, buck 30 on the meter. Uh-huh. <laughs> call you babe. Oh, well, I accept that. <laughs> exactly. Well, shit, I appreciate you guys coming out, dude. Yeah, dude. Super fun. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it That's cool. the least I've talked in a long time. I yeah. like it. Do you want to say, is there anything no, else you have to no, say? I'm good. I like listening. <laughs> He's a color commentary. He just like adds. He's a peanut gallery, right? Yeah. What are the two guys in the Muppets that sit in the, uh, the upper? Oh, the like two old guys? Shit? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. talk shit. One of those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. Uh, yeah. Here, give me that bag. I brought you a couple of goodies. What? Yeah, dog. It's a little brand ion, so yeah. Some stuff. What some is it? Funsies. What is it? Hats, some socks, some US. Oh, dude, are these going to be my new faves? They might be. They're know. comfy. What is that? It's, a, it's a bird. Creative. Yeah, it's a Thunderbird. Yep. Kind Ample Creative. Is that the company? Yep. And then the hat's dope. It's all like moisture wicking and 3M stuff. And nice, dude. Yeah. yeah Appreciate enjoy, it, man. man. Yeah, dude. Appreciate having us That's on. That's cool, dude. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Hey. All kinds of fun stuff. Drop Not going to give stickers. Taylor anything, I got though. stickers and everything. Other than 17 sunglasses to feed to Kit. Hey, yeah. Taylor, I'll give oh, you a shit. sticker. My dog has a, has a, a appetite for glasses. For high-end sunglasses. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. So, what what is your what are the, what are the companies called? So, Brand I co-owned my business partner called the Ample Creative. Um, okay. My business partner Andrew. How do you spell that? Avid Hunter A M P A L Creative. It's all U.S. made stuff. It's fun stuff. And nice, we, dude. You know, both both hunt quite a bit. He's definitely uh, further along than I am, which is pretty rad. But yeah, man, it's, fun. Yeah. it's fun stuff and works good in the uh, in the field. Nice. Yeah. Appreciate it, dude. Absolutely. I don't, I don't have any gifts for anybody. Yeah. We drink not, your not beers. your job to have gifts exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I had beer. You know, your gift will be, I will actually take you up on shooting some duck. Let's do it, dude. dude I, I bought a stamp this year. I have dude, not used it. So like, just real quick. Uh, so like the past couple years, dude, I kind of like didn't fall out of it. Like I still duck hunted, but like n- not a lot. Like my, a couple or my retriever. The retrievers, big game obsession my, can be all yeah. encompassing. Well, my retriever died and then like all my decoys were in storage for like one, mm. um, like all my hunting stuff, all my duck hunting stuff was in storage for like a whole duck season, basically when I was moving and, and the dog died and like there's things that happened. So like there was two years there where I didn't really duck hunt much, Yeah. but dude, like now that like this last year and then this year, I'm like so like excited about it again. It's, it's dude, fun. I'm super down but to go and I've got, I mean, I've got a great dog. I need to work with him. He's you know, black lab Dexter. He's oh, yeah. my bro. He's like the buddy of all buddies, but it's in his DNA. Like he came out of like, it is surprising. Like duck. what's really in their blood. Like Dude. they just, they and he just... came out of like the premium, like duck dog dynasty yeah. out of Napa. You know, it's like yeah. where he came from. I got the craziest opportunity of this dog. Like got him for free, which is mind boggling. Nice. Uh, but I, it's in his DNA. He's a great upland dog, but I know he's built for duck. He's yeah. got to be out there and, 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 and do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we could definitely roll it and poke around. Hell yeah. So I'm down. Let's do it. Hell yeah. We'll even get Taylor to shoot a bird sometime. 
Come on, Taylor. I'm horrible with a shotgun. I'm horrible a, with most things. I got a shotgun you can use. You just got to lead it, dude. Oh, wait, can I say that? Are you allowed to say that? Do what? I have a shotgun he can use. Yeah, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if I'm with if, you, right? If, if you're with each other. Did, did you know that in the state of California? I think, if I'm not mistaken, you cannot lend a firearm even with a note anymore. You have to be in the presence of the person. It's like a felony. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Like, you can't give someone a gun and not be with them when they have it. I assumed it wasn't, like, allowed, but I didn't know it was a felony. Yeah. Well, I guess it means he can come. It's essentially like a stolen firearm. Wow. Thank you. That's ridiculous. California. Yeah. It's probably newsome. Yeah. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. <laughs> <I guess>. uh, <laughs> Maybe anyway. we'll all be legislators one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll appreciate hey, it. Good times. Yeah. Thank you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at blue collar harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.